0: Miniature Soldiers, Big Opinions. This is the Conclave Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome back to your favourite rambling journey through the wonderful worlds of little plastic toy soldiers in the worlds of Warhammer and other gaming systems and frankly other nerdy stuff. Yes, it's another episode of the Conclave 40k podcast and tonight I, your inveterate host, at ADR Wargaming, and joined by two of our usual excellent band of adventurers. Yes, say hello to Mr. Richard Gorkin. Say hi, Mr. Richard Gorkin. Hello, hello. Oh, yes. Oh, look at that. Smooth. The smooth tones there that you bring <laughs> to the podcast. I quite like it. And we are also joined by the Lord of the Blood Angels himself, who is very excited for reasons I'll get to in a minute. It's Jamie the Sanguinary Punk. Say hi, Jamie the Sanguinary Punk. Hi, Jamie, the Sanguinary Punk. There we go. We're we're keeping it alive. We're stealing Wint's SEO's joke, and we're keeping on doing that forever and ever and ever. And there is nothing he can do except launch legal action, which, you know, could happen. (laughs) Anyway, it is a big night for us as we're talking about this, because around about now, there are some big things happening in the world of Warhammer. First of all, we had the release of the brand new Space Marine Codex, which is the second codex of 10th edition, which I think we're certainly very excited about. And I think most people in the world of 40k are pretty excited about because whatever faction you ultimately play all the time, I think most people have or have had at some point an army of everyone's favourite power armoured, genetically engineered super soldier, the Imperium, the Space Marine. So we'll definitely get to talking about that. And also it's a big anniversary. Yes, it's 40 years of Warhammer, of all of it, of everything. It's quite interesting, actually, this one, because it's uh, it's and I, I don't know if you guys know this, but it's, it's actually 40 years specifically since Warhammer Fantasy Battles, which first came out in 1983, because everything else is either a little bit earlier or a little bit later. Because Games Workshop started in 1977 and uh, first edition 40k sort of rogue trader, I believe the first set of rules of that was 1987. So we're actually talking about the one game system that really they do not make any more. Well, I say the one game system, I mean, there's a few, but of the big ones that's been replaced by Age of Sigmar. But we may be about to get a little bit of it back. So let's talk about that first, because we're pretty excited for this. What are you, what are you expecting to see from uh, the Games Workshop preview that's supposed to happen this weekend? Is there anything you guys are very excited about?
2: Well, I mean, any of the Old World stuff coming back would be very exciting. I think lots of people are... We've gotten little snippets, little models here and there, and we're just kind of waiting for something big to drop. So fingers crossed we get something for that.
3: Non-human Old World stuff I want to see.
1: Non-human Old World stuff. I think they've already... I mean, I remember at Warhammer Fest when we were there, they announced the Tomb Kings were going to be a thing, as well as the Bretonians. Mm -hmm. Are you excited for Tomb Kings?
2: That'd be cool. Excited for tomb Kings, but I think I'm more excited for Bretonians
1: You're more excited I mean, for the facts, like that. Yeah,
2: they're like that kind of like very medieval knight aesthetic. Uh, and the lore behind them is very cool. So like with all the different houses and whatnot.
3: I think the one part of the Bretonians I'd be up for are the non-human parts of the Bretonians, which are the horses are pretty cool. And uh, the, I'm not lying. I was not that into fantasy, but they did have the griffin guy, right?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, something De Leoncur, was that the guy who was the king and he was on the he was on the back of a griffin. I seem to remember something like that. Or am I thinking of I, I might be thinking of Carl Franz from the Empire. It's Carl Franz, yeah. But the I've... Empires,
2: wasn't it? Yep,
3: yeah, I've got no. That's actually well, they, yeah, because they, they, they had, had more Pegasuses. Pegasus
1: yeah, they had Pegasi. Pegasus knights, didn't Pegasus.
3: they? That's the one. Yeah, I'm up for them as well. Um, anything that's not of this world is more what I'm looking for out of my fantasy. So the nice. Pegasus would be amazing
1: well i know i i I think a lot of people are excited about the idea of a re-sculpt of the green knight as well he was like another Mm, um another like classic yeah and i I think it's quite funny the green knight when you look at the model even today like it does hold up it does still look really quite good
3: even though it's you know years and years old i guess kind of the textures certainly on the bretonian stuff and the high elf stuff the, the textures were kind of made for modelling weren't they so like chainmail um and um just lots of robes and stuff like that kind of just in retrospect all of that looks absolutely fantastic years later right
1: yes yeah 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 and i think i don't know there, there is something and i must admit to I say i i only really got into warhammer Fancy battles through the medium of the ogre kingdom so quite late to it when they came out uh, but there is something quite cool about those square bases about kind of ranking up all the uh, all the all the units and kind of pushing them forward at once rather yeah than round it's bases. kind
2: of just a different style of, of of like a different way to play really
1: yeah they always definitely. just look
2: very cool on the battlefield
1: but yeah so hopefully we'll get we'll get some more concrete information about the old world um, that'll be quite cool. Um, so yeah, we're hoping to see that a little bit later, which will be uh, which will be fun. I think we'll all be tuning in. Although I say that we've uh, we've 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 got some things planned, so who knows if we'll actually be able to see it live. But anyway, that's coming a little we'll bit. We'll later. tune in at some point. By yeah.
3: T- approach they go with in terms of the items they release first, because whilst what else to say, I wasn't hugely into uh, fancy. I used to love the showpiece models mainly. So like the one from the Tomb Kings that I'd want to see immediately is the the uh, the carriage, right? the uh the and all of that kind of stuff just was was absolutely my thing and the, the thing that at the time it had that on the other hand 40k really didn't have for a very long time were those massive showpiece models you know the majority of what are now showpiece models like your gas and uh your dantes and stuff like that were all relatively small kind of piddling miniatures really in comparison to what they were doing in um in fantasy and instead it was the tanks that were larger things but they're still just kind of tanks right they're not that interesting so but i know one of the complaints about aos from some people has been that aos is really big on those massive showpiece models they're incredible sculpts some of the things that have been created are just insane right they just they, they don't even look like they, they have any practical role on, in a battle to be completely frank uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm looking at you, great big throne thing with a frog in the middle, which I absolutely adore and will buy one day, but I have no yeah.
2: idea Yeah, I mean, it's um, a
3: great model Amazing, but I wonder whether they'll focus very much on the rank and file and not the showpiece because that's kind of, you know, the overriding part that's probably been a little bit missing from AOS, I don't know yeah. I mean,
2: I feel like it's it's part of the specialist um, game studio, right, so it's not going to be like a, a core sort of release, so I think I mean, people have been speculating whether they're going to just release, re-release the old kits, whether they're going to completely redo ranges and stuff like that. I think, at least for launch, it makes sense to just release, like, re-release the old sets with then, like, a couple additions here and there, like a couple of characters, maybe a new unit here and there. But for the most part, I think we're going to see lots of old models returning, which, you know, is really great <laughs> because some people really love those models. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a small part of the, the company, so they don't, necessarily have as much bandwidth to create entire um, new ranges of models i guess
1: yeah it's it's cool that they've gone with like in terms of the stuff they've announced for old world already it's cool that they've gone with Bretonians and tomb kings being two like very popular armies which haven't translated across into AOS. I mean obviously there, you know, people make the argument to say, well, the Bretonians have. They're now the ghoul, um the not the soul but like grave lords. What are they called? The um the fl- flesh uh, eaters. Flesh-, flesh eater courts, yeah, the flesh well, eater courts. Th-
2: those existed before, like th- the ghouls existed in vampire oh sure, armies, sure, ghouls existed. But, but they I just kind of like put some Bretonian law on top.
1: Yeah, they've they've layered on that bretonian law and to some extent the 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 Tomb King kind of in terms of the sort of Uh, perhaps near-eastern look of the, like, undead skeletons has kind of been replicated by the Ossioch Bone Reapers a little bit, but it's not not that explicitly... Yeah, it's not that explicitly, like, these guys are, like, you know, a kind of fantasy Egypt sort of thing, which the the Tomb Kings definitely were. So it's kind of cool that they've brought those two back. I think it would be cool, actually, funnily enough, to see, um, you know, eventually, and this will be way down the line, but to see, like, refreshed versions of models that actually have come across into AOS and especially characters. So like Lord Croak, right? Because Lord Croak was a character in Warhammer Fantasy Battles and is, you know, from the Lizardmen, from Lustria and has basically come across into um, AOS, so it'd be cool to kind of see re- redone versions of their old models, I think, just from a kind of nostalgia point of view. Um, but yeah, I think it looks it looks like it's going to be interesting. And I hope as I say when we see the preview later, I hope we do get a, uh, a big um, you know, show off of, of what they're going to do rather than And I think it will because it's the 40th anniversary rather than it being like, here is one model. With 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 a flag, <laughs> well, there the thing is, we've they have
2: already given us one model with the flag. They've given well, us that preview. Well, that's why. I made so reference, if there's yeah. like more <laughs> stuff coming for Old World, <laughs> then we've already seen the one model. So therefore, there should be more coming. I mean, I guess yeah. we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I hope I hope we also see some um, some more of the uh, the old world. Also, some more forty k. I mean, it's fortieth anniversary, right? So there's got to be something special. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, more, imagine more space marines, a primarily Lieutenant. <laughs> a primar- yeah, primarily Yeah,
2: I mean, I for, for me, I would the, really love it's... to see like assault terminators because that was like the one thing that was missing from the release that we've just got. Mm. Is if we could see like the like assault terminator like variant of like the new terminator kit, that would be really great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That'd be cool. I think I suspect we might just because we've seen. They obviously gave us the kind of codex roadmap at Warhammer Fest, and we know that kind of the next ones to come are the Dark Angels, uh, the Custodies. Obviously, this is in no particular order, we just know they're kind of on the list. I think it's Custodies, Dark Angels, Admech, and maybe Tau. I think, off the top of my head, are the, the sort of four that they said we're going to be after. Mm-hmm. The initial space marine and tyranid release so i wonder if we'll get a little look at that and, and there are certainly a lot of rumors knocking around about a, you know a further refresh of the dark angels which actually might play into what you're talking about rich because obviously the deathwing are a big deal in the dark angels and actually deathwing terminators are very iconic and you know all right they're not bog- bogo assault terminators but they are you know in their in their Deathwing Knight form, they are sort of Stormshield and, and and Thunderhammer wielding. Yeah, you know, Maybe you'll see the of that kit. Yeah, I wonder. If... Ma- sorry, Mace I... of Absolution. Dark Angels players are going to hate you. Thunder- now. <laughs> Thunderhammer. This guy's an idiot. Sorry, Mace of Absolution. Oh, I it's
2: called.
3: Yeah. yeah, I'm sort of ex- expecting to see quite a bit of uh, Lead Belcher on display. To be honest, <laughs> so the next two codexes are Kronz and uh, Abmec. So ah. they're the two that I would suspect. So those two are both scheduled for winter, which, mm. as yeah, is still unannounced, but, I'm, I mean, clearly leans into probably being November and December's books, right? And then it's da- Dangles, uh, Orcs, and Custodies in spring along with Tau. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see some of the stuff from spring, but certainly I would be really, really surprised if we don't see some new Crons and Abmech. Yes, crons will yeah, yeah. Be- there's... Obviously, they got such a big, heavy treatment last year. I guess what are the
2: the models that are a little bit outdated and updated? It's not that many. Maybe no. more. Well, for, for more me, involved. the one there is one unit that I'd love to see make a return, and that's no. Pariahs.
3: Yes, no, see, that, that was
2: a classic sort of third ed, fourth ed, absolutely. model yeah. and model and units, and it gives them some, a little bit of like anti-psychic as well, and mm. it just kind of disappeared with the new range.
1: Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if... Well, I mean, not, ne- not anti-psychic necessarily. <laughs> That's a great deal now, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> no. True, but, like, <laughs> thematically, at least. Well, we've They've also... They have still got... The Necrons have still got, you know, a fair few old, like, resin characters, especially, like Orican. Yeah. Um, That's who, you true. imitate Im- the Stormlord is still a very but old... They have one. a lot of special characters. Yeah. So. yeah. But I think they're, um, inter-
3: right, they're interesting to codex. Both of them have... So because ne- necrons have had that big refresh and yes you're right they've got some really cool characters that could be updated whilst also having the scope that you wouldn't mind if they introduced a couple of new things that we've never seen before without necessarily there's nothing that people are crying out for that i know of at least anyway in the necron world but people are just massively frustrated in the way that people were with say the old boys um um or you know the way that some people have been with some of the firstborn kits as well and um, i think that'd be quite interesting and then also at admec just because it's such a new range again you, you you're not expecting to see any kind of updates on them whatsoever right you're only going to be seeing brand new stuff and that's that's super super cool because well, yeah. you know as we know josh has um as as uh not not necessarily being that enthused by um all of the new variants of old space marines that we've, um, <laughs> that we've come across uh, in this yeah. edition so far and you know even nids as well you know a lot, um, a lot of their stuff was updates or even bringing back stuff that was an old white dwarfs or whatever um i think it'll be i'm really quite excited for what those next couple of codexes bring because there just shouldn't really be too many things they're rehashing we should see something pretty mega i thought
1: well, do you know what? I'm, I'm looking through, because you, you may remember from quite a long time ago, and I'm trying to find it now, doing it live on, on the internet, um, there, <laughs> there, there is actually, there was a rumour engine, uh, you know, the rumour engine they published on one yeah, on, on yeah. There was a rumour engine, there was a rumour engine that was very Necron. It was a, it was like a little piece of a, a Necron thing. And there was kind of like, there was like energy flowing through it a bit like, you know, the kind of um, the distorted sort of squares and cubes that you get on the Cryptex and also on the oh, Void yeah, dragon yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. There was something along those lines. So I wonder if that will be the new, whatever this new Necron kit that, you know, we might get is, because, and I should say, they did say at Warhammer Fest when sort of 10th edition was all being launched, they said every codex will get new models whether that is a new line, I doubt it. Something like Necrons, because Jamie says they're relatively I new and they have a, a, a lot refresh. of the time, it might but just so be like a new animals. character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would guess at like a new character, or maybe like one new unit. Right, that would yeah. be that would be my yeah. guess. Um, yeah, Ooh, I just uh,
2: cannot. The, um, the Locust Destroyers need updating as well because they're still the old kids with like the. I think they potentially even have the like the little green bars as well.
1: Yeah, the little green, uh, little green, pla- like neon green plastic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if, if they might do what they've done, um, and we can talk about this more later with regard to the Space Marine Codex, which is now out. Um, but we can, but what they might talk about with regard to, um, like, kind of amalgamating units, because obviously the heavy Locust Destroyer and the Locust Destroyer, kind of. Do similar things. One's just got a bigger gun, and it's like yeah. almost like a resculpt of it. Because what, because what they, you know, and again, we'll talk about so it. It was very surprising that they
2: released like the heavy unit. destroyer without really redoing the <laughs> normal destroyer. Because like you've already designed the new ones, we just don't have models for them.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I've just I've got I've gone like way back in the world of the uh, the rumor engine. And I've also I found another one, right, which might be relevant. There was one that I think was called they called it like Unknown Widget or something. Um, And it's like a very ad mech looking sort of gun. I mean, it could be kind of orky, but it's a very like ad mech looking bit of like a barrel with some weird electro bits on it. So I wonder, again, maybe that'll be something for uh, for the Adeptus Mechanicus would be my guess.
3: Absolutely, yeah. Still can't um, rule back a Primark coming back, though. Mind that's you know. <laughs> all
1: right, chapter <laughs> Master Valrak, calm down. It'll it'll be it'll be it'll be Khan riding a rhino.
3: It's it's going to be Jagatai to make use of those those new storm <laughs> uh, Not appear on any tables ever. But,
1: it'll be mounted. It'll be mounted on a rhino. And then I mean, I think if okay,
3: <laughs> they did bring out Kurt, the Khan and put him on foot again, that would be just phenomenal. The <laughs> second, yeah. In fact, I'm just here for why
1: Use he's bikes. Like <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what would actually be funny if they they did that, but then they gave him rules and gave him like sixteen inch movement and said he's really fast, and then Just all because but then didn't release that till the actual rules came out because then they could have all the people be like, oh, it sucks. Like, why is Khan on foot? Why isn't he on a bike? Nye, 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 nye. And they'd be like, ha, we gotcha. He's actually as fast as a bike. He can keep up with it because he's a Primark. That's how good he is. Or oh, <laughs>
3: He rides rhinos, uh, so he's like, yeah. right. actually, like, a, like when when like... he's in there, it's like firing deck, but it also occurs in mele-
1: in melee as well. So <laughs> he
2: just, he
3: reaches out of,
1: yeah. just reaches out of the sunroof and hits you over the head, but with, <laughs> with his swords. <laughs> I mean, I mean that would be my personal favorite.
3: You know, if we're gonna if we're gonna harp back to his actual lore, which might not have even been actual lore. I think it was like a white dwarf tale or some sort yeah, of
1: lore. Uh, I think it is a Yeah, I think it is a white dwarf tale because I think everyone was expecting it to be substantiated when they were doing the um, Siege of Terror books. And, but the like, entire was... White,
3: scars, white scars, scars lore is basically from a white dwarf. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. it's from a tale of, tale of painters, isn't it? It was a guy that wanted to make uh, an entirely mounted army, made them white mm. scars, and changed the course of the entire chapters. They were just a colour scheme prior. Basically made them into the Viking army they are now so yeah i'm'm I'm, in fact, I'm fully backing that now, I'm just that's uh, my actual prediction it's, uh, <laughs> that's your prediction. <laughs> it's Khan. in fact, the Khan is actually on a rhino, he comes on a on a new rhino.
1: Car on a new rhino, yeah, I like it. Like an updated one that he's just like he's you know what it looks like? You know those you know those little yellow and red cars that you had when you were like a kid in the nineties that you like sit in and your feet go through the bottom and you you tend to drive it around like a Flintstones car. It's like that, but it's it's a primark He's just that in a rhino. <laughs> How good would that be? I I'd pay money for that.
3: Just wearing a rhino like yeah, like the Flintstones car, yeah. That
1: makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, I don't know, I think that would be fun. But yeah, right. I don't know, it remains to be seen. And I'm sure there'll be other stuff as well for like Necromunda and, and you know, uh, what other ones are there? Necromunda and Warcry and all the sort of other game systems. A, yeah, all these sort of
2: Age of Sigma related game systems. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I really hope, and Kill Team as well, I should say. Yeah. Probably, I'd imagine there'll be something, some sort of, like, something Kill Team, because, um, you know, it's again, it's 40th anniversary, you would have thought do everything. What I'd love, and I said it before, I'll say it again, what I would love is, like, because they did a they did a, uh, a thing on Warhammer Community where they talked about box games, you know, the various box games like Gorka Morka, Mordheim, and the one I'm going to pick on, obviously, Battlefleet Gothic. I would love Battlefleet Gothic to come back. I want a collection of, no, of little I, little I'm all about ships. Mordheim.
2: Bring Mordheim back.
1: You you're bringing the old
2: world back. you're bringing the old world back, you need to bring Mordheim back.
1: But we've... Listen, listen, listen. Okay, hear me out here. We've got Adeptus Titanicus, we've got um, Aeronautica Imperialis, and we've, we've now got this new um, you know, epic system, legion, Heresy Legions, or whatever it's called, right? Give me the spaceships. I can run my full campaign day of the fleet battles... <laughs> the 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 you know the actual the the 40k the kill team i mean well i guess it'd have to be 30 k it i'd have to be horus heresy to if you're going to use legions but like you could you could do the full thing like you could have the fleet battles how cool would that be, That'd be, no, a, would be
3: that would be pretty immense in fairness it's, i, it's I the, would i would love to see them do some blood bowl stuff just because blood bowl is i wonder whether there will be something for that purely because that is the oldest surviving game now
1: yeah i suppose it is actually isn't blood it blood
3: bowl was eight, it was 86 so Wow. It, um yeah. So I wonder if that will get a bit of love as well. It's yeah, it's a year older than Rogue Trader. So um it'd be nice to to see that acknowledged as well. I love a bit of Blood Bowl personally. Um and whilst it it's reasonably well supported over the the last few years, it's not necessarily had um had something massively kind of game changing for a while, so that'd be kind yeah. of interesting.
1: Well the the, the re the re release of Blood Bowl was like what, twenty sixteen? And that was the first time they'd done anything for it in twenty two years. So
3: <laughs> that's like third season quite soon after in
1: fairness. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> so maybe they have settled into the three year release cycle again. But um yeah, it's it would be I'd I'd love to see it's kind of a weird one. It probably doesn't need more teams or anything like that. But um Something hmm. of a bit of a, a sea change rules wise is probably probably potentially on the cards for that. So yeah. it's been a while since the last season released.
1: Yeah. I I also think I think Blood Bowl is like a bit of a sleep like a sleeper hit, like in the sense that there's actually a lot of people that play it and have Blood Bowl teams, but it doesn't really get talked about that much. Yeah. I like I, I will way- say
2: like we yeah. definitely have a bit of a bias because the London oh, yeah. Gaming Guild is probably like one of the most active Blood Bowl communities in the world, most likely. Oh
1: yeah, oh yeah, we are massively biased. I'd agree with that. But then, like you know, I've got I've got a friend of mine uh, in Canada who uh, he he his like first foray back into miniature painting. He was like, I want to do Blood Bowl because I think it just looks fun. Mm. Um, so he got himself like a couple of teams, and I played like games. That was my first game of Blood Bowl. Actually, was he he sort of was te- learning how to play himself, and he was teaching me. Uh, and it was a great laugh it was good fun yeah so, so cool
3: here, but... <laughs> it's so cool for being a project as well right because you literally just go one team get yourself done you don't need a a huge amount of stuff you meet somebody with a with a board and off you go it's just great um yeah, so if they do a team or whatever that would be great but um yeah be interesting to see if that gets any love too but yeah it's 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 is isn't it well, I am mean, funnily enough i'm not that I'm not really that excited for anything that new in 40k. As much as I'm probably more excited to see what they do on some of those fringe games, all those new new releases, or even if you get something like a uh, you know Return of Yet Another Space Hulk release, for instance, yeah. of which I'll buy that again because I just will. Um, I probably shouldn't <laughs> because I've owned two editions of it previously, but I'll get I'll get another one
1: i like it i like it and that you know what that could be a good way to like add in I, what, I, one thing I, I really like that they've done with you know with whether it's uh Warcry or warhammer underworlds for aos and also with kill team 40k i really like it as, as a way of releasing like new like new sculpts that they want to add on to existing armies like and ways of getting new, new things out like i think that's really actually really cool and then you know if you if you do want to take them and put them in your you know your army for uh for, for either of the, the kind of the the non-skirmish game systems it actually works um and like some of them are really cool like i don't know if you guys know that the um the sort of various war cry war bands um for like chaos in aos are cracking like they're really 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 all, cool
2: like, yeah yeah got... they actually have some decent rules which is great to see yeah
1: yeah and pe- people take them people take them like in in their like slaves to darkness army um because they do some they do some really interesting things um and yeah it's 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 kind of cool to see that so yeah hopefully we'll did they we'll did see. they do that
3: with um with some of the stuff in Curse city as well or am i making
1: that up yeah yeah C- Curse city stuff can be taken in like so. for example i think a lot of the like what are they call the van denst van densts yeah. i should say that the the father and are they father and daughter i think the father and daughter so. <laughs> Doralia. i know the girl's called Doralia. i think the guy's called like gelton or something Van Denst, the the witch hunters, they are units in the I believe the Cities of Sigmar book that's recently that's come right. out. Um, because they've been added, like, you can take them, Galen, Galen Van Denst, that's it. You can take him and her, like, as a unit, and they do cool things. And, uh, like, a good example, but not from a box game, but from a like specialist release as well, was um, the Demonifuge for uh, the Sisters of Battle. Um, Demonifuge and um. The exiled uh, Harlequin guy, um, Ky- yeah, Ky- uh, F- Kyriel F- F- Stern or whatever. It is. F- F- yeah, Ephrael F- F- Stern is is the demoni She's the battle sister, and he is called Ky- Kyriel or something. Kyriel,
3: yeah. Some- yeah, something
1: like that. Yeah, we probably yeah. got, probably, probably pretty butchered the name. But and I've got those for my sister's army because they are, I mean, they 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 cool to paint because she's a like sort of mm, psychic cool but not psychic sister who's like floating in mid air like out lightning.
3: Pattern in midair didn't it? For it to like... Oh no, sorry. Was that? Was that him? I can't That's remember.
1: him. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's on. He's like it's almost like he's emerging from the webway, and he's got this like diamond patterned sculpt of like stuff he stood on in the Harlequin pattern, mm. which is really cool. And he's in like oh, his cool. little like his little suit with his swords. um And they were like they're like a fun little unit. They do some do some cool stuff. um So yeah, no, really, really, really interested. And hope we get more of those. I also hope we get more stuff from the books. Like, I like getting oh man, Plastic
3: Eisenhorn. Plastic Eisenhorn.
1: Plastic I know. Eisenhorn. I've got... And so
3: I've got... I've got resin, resin Eisenhorn. Oh, honestly, Sorry. A, a retinue like Gaunt's Ghosts would be... I mean, I still want to buy Gaunt's Ghosts all the time. That's a fantastic model set. I'm delighted. I, They've got great rules. Unfortunately, it's in an army I have no intention of buying. Yeah. The army of. But <laughs> at some point, I'll buy them just because they, they're absolutely incredible. And an Eisenhorn retinue, again, I'd just be all over it. I'd find a way... To get into a list, because
1: well, it's it's funny because I've I I picked up the um, Inquisitor uh, Inquisitorial Agents kill team because I want to get I I want it because they you can use um, Inquisitorial Agents in mm. like a lot of Imperial armies um, and I thought they'd be a nice match to go with the Sisters. They're good with the Space Marines, you know. Any other Imperial army like custodies They're kind of a handy little unit to run around. Even in, even Imperial Knights, right? If you run Imperial Knight army from like a gaming perspective imperial knights are a are a um and sorry we're now going into the we're now doing like competitive chat even though we come off narrative you know imperial knights are like a primary pressure army right they're not very good at secondary same as chaos knights yeah, What yeah. they are good at is primary they just they sit on objectives and they're hard to kill and they shoot you if you come near them what to get your secondaries if you're an imperial knights player spend 40 points on some little allied inquisitorial goobers who will run around at the back of the board and go do all your little secondary stuff you know you don't want to sacrifice an armiger to go and cleanse something you know if you pull out the cleanse secondary if you're doing doing tactical right but you know what if you want to get 40 points worth of little inquisitorial dudes to go do it get, or hold an objective get them to go do it right that that's, that's solved. Um, actually solved and
2: actually that
3: that's been celebrated enough about the whole edition actually is that um allies are back but in a really nice way there is no that nothing feels abusive like it has been in the past nothing feels
1: <laughs> <laughs> like it has in the past you say that I've been on the receiving end, of, and I, to be fair, I have her as well. Kyria Draxus, she is she is really quite good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel I feel like, especially weirdly, it's a, a bit of a um, a bit of a, a kind of pick in a Custodes army, I feel like Kyria Draxus would be nasty. Um, cause, yeah, yeah cause... no doubt. Because of what she she and for people who don't know, if people are listening. What Kira Drax does, she has an ability where, like, you roll a two up, she basically makes them unt- the unit she's with untargetable outside of eighteen uh, or so, yeah, outside of eighteen inches, which is quite big. Uh, and she also has a pretty nasty indirect psychic power, and her like little Eldar gun that she runs around with, her little shuriken cannon that's pretty powerful as well and it like i think it causes battle shock after you get hit like she does a whole variety of stuff that's actually really quite good um which is yeah quite
2: interesting. <laughs> i've also been on the receiving end of her quite a couple of times and she's gets yeah. all these bonuses he
1: uses her all the time <laughs> yeah we're playing tyranids and we're like oh no <laughs> yeah because she does get bonuses against xenos as well which is quite cool um yeah but but yeah, like I I agree. Like so, I mean, the reason I'm getting my my inquisitorial agents is because I, as I say, I want to run them alongside my sisters. I'm gonna test. I, I test. I didn't test run them with my space marines actually when we played Rich because I ended up using them. But um, I'm gonna test run them with some space marines as well as like a little backfield unit because like scouts are cheap. The fifty five point little scout unit, but. They're yeah. not um, under the new points. I should say at the time of recording, we are talking about new points um, for Space Marines, but um, and they have some really cool abilities. But like, I don't have the new. I only have the old Scout models. The whole really tiny little. We're all squatting to take a pool, sort of Space Marine <laughs> models. So I don't really want to use them until I get the new. Like whenever they come out, until I get like the updated scouts um sculpts that they they revealed. Yeah. Um so once I get those, then you know, happy days. But uh yeah, alternatively the Inquisitorial agents at 40 points for four models is quite good. I think they're also they're like two wounds each weirdly for like base. They're T3, but they're like two wounds yeah. each. But they're they're all like not bad.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they're the elite of the elite that are like protecting this Inquisitor. So kind of makes know? sense. And
1: I do you know what? And I, I painted a Jacaro for my uh my my friend for 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 um one of in our one of our gaming groups in Battlefield Bermondsey we have a tradition where we paint a model if somebody has like a big life event um so uh one of our one of our friends was uh, was was one was getting married and the other one was having a baby so we painted um, little models for them one of them got a, a I painted him a cheru because he has like an inquisitorial army and the inquisitorial agents had been announced but they hadn't been released um so I was like I will paint you a monkey and now I really want my <laughs> own monkey to go in my own inquisitorial warband because you can actually add them in there um, and I mean, and, yeah. who doesn't
2: want a space monkey?
1: I tell you what, I wouldn't, I tell you what, you talk about plastic all, I wouldn't mind a plastic space monkey, because uh, <laughs> the old resin, the old resin Jacero kit is a bit it's showing its age, put it that way. But it, for yeah. me, I just
2: want to tie codex no, of Jacaro's those right. guys.
1: <laughs> a whole hobby of Jacaro.
2: Not of Jaqueros, of like an
3: inquisitorial <laughs> <That's what>
1: codex. <laughs> I, no, I agree, yeah. But Do it, you know, like... If-
3: Index is actually pretty cool, like, yeah, the imperial, and yeah. I'm amazed that. Um, I was listening the other day to uh, I can't remember the name of it, but the UKTC podcast, and they're doing the rankings. And there is uh, finally somebody who has managed to rank for Imperial Agents alone because they've gone and done all four the events legends. needed, uh, <laughs> to qualify best-in-faction for Imperial Agents.
2: Yeah, I I think I even saw that list, and it's just a lot of small units of infantry. Kudos to, to whoever that player is for getting all those different <laughs> models, making them work, putting in a, a couple of knights in there so you've got a little bit more firepower and something that doesn't just die immediately as soon as it sees the, the enemy. Um, but yeah, like... they, they do actually all right from what I saw. Yeah,
3: I think it might be like one
2: of the most expensive lists I've ever seen because it's just... <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: like the points per the points per pound on some of those is not good. And, cause no, it, no? It, but
2: they'll be great models. and They'll have a great time point. playing them.
3: And you just realise you're paying like twenty pounds for a forty-point character model all the time. Get off!
1: Oh, oh this army
3: <laughs> just <Yeah>. killing me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, to bring it back to Plastic Eisenhower, I will say I I would also really love Plastic Eisenhower because uh, so my my wife uh, read the Eisenhower books. She loves the Eisenhower books, um, and obviously then Ravenna and also um, uh, oh, what's her name? I can't believe I've forgotten. Who's the third series about? Beckwin. Beckwin. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, the Beckwin books, um, of which we are currently hotly awaiting another one, because um, we are due uh, the further tales of the Yellow King. Oh, sorry, the King in Yellow, um, and uh, and whether or not that is in fact Constantine Valdor. Interesting, um,
3: but major potential spoilers there for people that are still. Yeah, sorry. In the Eisenhorn series, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't care. i I'd, yeah, just just I'm going in for it like the Kool Aid Man. Uh, You've seen the videos. There's enough videos on the internet about it. It's not yeah. my fault. So also, do you know that Darth <laughs> Vader is Luke's dad? Uh, no. Um, but <laughs> um, but, uh, but and, and also, it turns out Bruce Willis is actually the dead one. Uh, um, but no, the um, the
3: the, the um... in Die Hard that is, yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah, yeah in Die
1: Hard, yeah. John changes the changes in the movie quite a lot. <laughs> Originally, it was based on uh, it was based on a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, and uh, John McClane is the ghost of Christmas. You guy, a motherfucker. <laughs> uh, no, sorry. To be to be a bit more, pretty much what we were talking about. Yeah, I'd, I'd love a plastic Eisenhorn because because uh, my wife is gonna. She said she was like, I'm gonna build and paint Eisenhorn at some point, and I was like, it is a resin kit, right? So it's not the easiest thing to work with. So I would love a plastic kit just to make that a little bit easier for her um, to to you know. 'cause plastic is just just better. <laughs> there's no there's no two ways about it. Yep. Um but yeah, like that that's all coming up. I mean, who knows? We can wax lyrical about it. I mean I guess I, I would ask uh the both of you, um, given that it is the fortieth anniversary of um the reason that we do this podcast, um you know, what are what is, and this is a big question, right? But what is your like favorite thing from the fo- the last forty years of Warhammer? And it can be a model because I know on the Warhammer community they've just did like people's just favorite models.
3: Question. Well, no, no, but
1: okay, I was <laughs> well, like, well, it's because, well, no, it's because I was gonna. Usual. Well, no, it's because I was gonna, I was gonna ask, I was gonna ask, like, what's your favorite model? But actually, I just think like if you have like a bit of lore or, like, a little obscure thing, or just, like, an article, a painting article, anything that, like, got you into the hobby that really, you know, still resonates with you, you know, from when you were a kid, or even if it's like a lot more recent. Like, what is your kind of favourite thing from, from the time that you've been in Warhammer? And as I say, if you want to pick a model, that's absolutely fine. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'll start with um, Mr. Guoky. What about you?
2: Favourite things? I mean...
1: Yeah.
2: I definitely have a couple of models that spring to mind, and then there are a couple of non-model things. Sure. Um, a lot of them are to do with nostalgia.
1: No, that, that, but this is my point. Right? <laughs> this is why I wanted to broaden it from, from just models, because there yeah. are some things that we, we think about, and that I'm like, there are certain things, and I'll say when it gets to me, but there are things I think about where I'm like, oh, yeah, do you know what? That was really cool, and I really enjoyed that, and that's something that still to this day... Stands out for me as like why I love the whole, why I love Warhammer in all its forms. But go on.
2: Well, I'll I'll say it's like the one of my favourite things was the very first White Dwarfs that I ever read because it was completely new to me, and then I was just given this White Dwarf, uh, and it had Lord of the Rings on the cover, and I was already into Lord of the Rings, and then it's like, oh my god, you can actually get miniatures to do with this and they had a, a battle report for Lord Rings and they had all the 40k and a fantasy stuff in there and I just got hooked and I've since gone back and bought the two issues uh, of the White Dwarfs that got me into the hobby because they're just such nostalgia for me and it's funny that the factions that were featured in those stories in the White Dwarfs are still some of my favorite factions to this day because they were just so cool when I read them.
1: And who, who was, if you don't me asking, like, what was that? What factions?
2: Uh, well, for example, like, um, Nurgle, uh, like, Mortal Nurgle and, like, Chaos Warriors and all that sort of stuff, they were in there. And kind of leads on to the next thing, which is the Harbinger of Decay, that old model with the
1: oh, yeah, yeah, with pointing
2: the and a decayed horse and with the this uh, signed Kislev on there as well. That's still one of my favourites. Models, which have now recently updated. It's quite a good update, but I still have that nostalgia for that old model. That's awesome. Um, And even like Moria goblins, it it sounds so like it sounds so simple. But every time like I see that, see that like Moria goblin sculpt, I get such a pang of nostalgia that it's even though it's like not an impressive model, it's still one of my favorite models.
1: Oh see yeah but that's that's the point right it's something that, that kind of triggers a memory for you um yeah, and yeah like i mean I, I won't i won't copy you but like i will say yeah i get what you mean about the moria goblins because they were one of the first like lord of the rings models that i ever really saw um with yeah. the, the the like you know the the sort of balrog wing shield effectively because i guess the the design of the moria goblins was to playoff that they sort of almost worship the balrog as a, as a god or as a thing they were afraid of so they modeled themselves after it so like if you read the background to the lord of the rings films and how they designed the goblins um but yeah that's that's awesome that's really cool that's really cool
3: balrog just seemed so huge at the time as well i remember all the <laughs> yeah. conversations that i used to have with like friends at the time you'd, you'd go and peer in it in the gw window and be like whoa
1: look how big that thing
3: is, dude. That's like <laughs> the biggest model ever. It's so heavy. Um, and then, you know, fast forward to kind of coming back to it years later, and it's it really, really does look quite tiny um, when I have Yeah, it, well, it's fun- fun- Lord funnily Lord enough, me.
2: I have one, and it's about wow. the size of a modern demon prince.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's so, but at the time, it just felt like this just ginormous thing, like even in comparison to like yeah. the Lord of Change or anything like that, it was just it was so revolutionary in the detail that was on it, and the way that I think that was probably the first one of the first models I came into contact with where it was one of those that, like, I refer as model to some models as being like begging for paint, like you can't paint them badly. It, mm. it kind of had in its design the kind of features I think Bellicor is really similar. You never see bad looking Bellicor's because literally, the dry cool model, just dry, dry brush, like Bellicor yeah. that's great, basically, because the features was so distinct and so nicely put together. And I think um, Balrog had that about it. Like you could just dry brush the damn thing and get an amazing outcome.
2: Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. I still
3: need to do that with
2: mine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Anything else? Anything else, Rich, you want to mention? Uh,
2: Yeah. So the other thing is not necessarily something that GW has done, but I guess that's being facilitated by the game existing is my time running tournaments uh because for those who don't know i ran a lot of tournaments (laughs) Uh, i think i did i think i've run about 50 tournaments at this point and there was over 20 like or about 20 or so in one of one year just before lockdown and then obviously slowed down since but just the community that it builds and the friends that you make and for us we also did a lot of charity tournaments and raised a lot of money for for mind as well and just to see the community come like join us in that idea and get behind that idea and just have a good time and make friends like a, a lot of people have come up to me and said you know they made so many friends at those tournaments that i they ran and got into communities or groups or, or whatever from that so that's just a a blessing really
1: oh that's, that's yeah that's really nice and i think you know i mean we've all become friends via the medium of a four hammer, right? Yeah. And so I think it's it is a great way to bring people together. Um and it is it is the reason we, you know, more than anything else, I mean, I love the painting, I love the law, but going out and rolling some dice and 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 drinking a few, you know, beers. Yeah. Now I'm, no, I'm For, for, for those of <laughs> you
2: who haven't maybe haven't been to a tournament and think it's this big scary thing where most people are competitive. I would say maybe at uh, any tournament you go to, about ten percent of people there are actually there to win it. The rest of the 90% of people are there to do well, but on their own terms. And mostly just, most of the time, it's about close to 100% of people are there to just have a good time.
1: Yeah, give it, give it, the, old, uh, give it the old college try. <laughs> <As it were. laughs> That's my attitude. I always go in saying, these, even these days, I always go say, if I can win one game at an event, I'm happy, right? And then, yeah. you, you know, hopefully you go on and do that and that. But I think one game, it's all good. Uh, and then see where you go from there. No, yeah, you
2: really miss
3: it until you get to that game, though, obviously, aren't you? So it needs to be the first game, though. Otherwise, you miss one of the sim. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, otherwise yeah, you, get to, you get to game yeah. five and you're like, this is crap. I'm having a crap day. <laughs> um, no, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, then you win be, one for, and you're like, two, goal they achieved.
3: They <laughs> be a, one, a, a first day win. I don't really care about the second day. It's just at least one on the first day and you feel, you feel yeah. all right then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no, it's it's good fun regardless of what goes on. You're, you're absolutely right. And those tournaments that you organised, Rich, I think certainly pretty much where I made uh, kind of, you know, this group of friends as much as anything. I think the first time I met you, Adam, would have been at Fun and Fluff.
1: Absolutely, yeah. it was, was it a Fun and Fluff? Yeah,
3: I think the first one for me, certainly meeting pretty much everybody that's ever been on uh, any version or time or even half the guests of this podcast, actually, I've met at some point. Fun, at and, fun fluff, and Fluff, fluff. yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously, Rich, i met i think the first time we actually ever kind of hung out Rich, was actually
1: preparing to organize
3: for a fun and fluff
1: um, so, probably yeah. yeah so what we're learning here is we don't give a crap about warhammer what we do care about is fun and fluff the warhammer part is just the <laughs> of that, right well it's i would
2: just, say like the it's people like, like warhammer is a social game it doesn't exist without an opponent i mean you can play it by yourself but it, it exists with an opponent it's a social game it, it's the people well, that you meet that really make the hobby the most enjoyable
1: See this. This is why I could. This is why I could never get into but controversial moment. Like, this is why I could never get into TTS, the the, the online thing. That mm, and obviously during during lockdown, I completely get it because you know you, we during the the dark times that was COVID around the world, we we actually just couldn't be around other people, right? So it was a way for us to still be able to play the game if you loved playing the game. But for me, like I don't know, I sound like a I sound like an old grognard or something. But I'm like, no, Warhammer is a game. Played on a tabletop, rolling dice with cool scenery and just, you know, I mean, not even cool scenery necessarily, but at least you've got some terrain on the board that kind of looks all right. And I, then, I, you know.
3: Where the real laws of physics actually apply as opposed to a simulation of them, which. Yeah,
1: that's, that's what I mean. I don't know. There's something <laughs> yeah. weird about it. I'm like, if yeah. I wanted to, because I'm like, if I want to play, if I want to play like Warhammer on, online or on a, on a computer through the medium of a computer, I'll just play Total War. Because at least then I'm getting like cool animations and cool nonsense happening on on Warhammer Total War, right? You can do that. I don't know. I know people love TTS. I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah. it's not a complaint.
2: No, about no it. sweat on anyone who actually yeah. plays on TTS and loves it. It's just not for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, agreed. You,
2: I agreed. Kind of agree. I gave
3: it a good old bash during lockdown, and actually I learned a lot on it. I will say, like, it was really good. It was there because at the time I came in, kind of end of ninth, uh, sorry, end of eighth. COVID came along, um, and I played a bit. But you know, not huge amounts and it really did fill that void and really allow me to kind of deep dive the game. But oh God, it's just not that much fun. Um it's just just really not. When it's a when it's when the alternative is nothing, you know, it's very <laughs> similarly as well. I don't want to go to a damn Zoom pub quiz. I want to go to a pub pub quiz. <laughs> yeah, I agree, with you. yeah, yeah. 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 It's just it, not quite
2: the same, is it?
3: Ex- exactly. You know, um and similarly you know i don't want to go to a fallout shelter i want to go to a real
1: no that doesn't work does it but still no i like it i like it um well i mean do you know what that's a nice segue because what about what about you jamie like what what are the things that sort of stood out for you The kind of again mention a model if you so choose um it's a very broad question as you you rightly pointed (laughs) out um but yeah 40 years what what's what's been the good stuff man what's been the good stuff
3: uh, so the, the the bit that hooked me initially was was probably the second ed box set really um wasn't actually my first GW game first GW game was Battlemasters but I got the that doesn't really count because it's it's Warhammer slack it's not really a Warhammer product as much as it was GW making something for Mitchell brothers I think it was um, yeah. but it was pretty damn cool and had some amazing models in it but um yeah second edition box set stands out uh, there's a reason why the cover of that is my instagram avatar thing um and i think from that set in particular just i find it really hard to to not just absolutely adore and it's going to sound like a really weird favorite thing it's not even necessarily a model as much as a feature of models yeah i adore back banners because back banners i love a good back
0: banner so
3: (laughs) back banners have become a bit of a calling card for me and my army where where all of my blood angel sergeants and uh, have back banners um regardless of role so for example my phobos dudes who are trying to stay hidden
1: have a mask <laughs> i've got a flag
2: yep. <laughs> um, i mean it, it's good that they're sticking to their principles it's like yes we'll be sneaky but this is part of our core philosophy having a yeah. back banner
3: well, look, you can cloak the back banner and then you get it out when you need it, don't you? It's listen, fine. Listen, listen.
1: Um, if an, yeah, an Invictor I... tactical, tactical warsuit can be an infiltrating, <laughs> stealthy thing, then your lads with a back banner are fine, mate. <laughs> don't yeah, you worry. Yeah.
3: For whatever reason, I think up <laughs> as well. The other reason was also the first major love of a model that I had uh, when I was a kid was, was uh, Lord Ragnar Blackmate. Um, because I loved nice. Space Wars at the time, always loved choppy. Marine armies—they were my first real love, and they—he um he obviously had two black banners, which was even better. Like, and then <laughs> double I so, the banner. <laughs> yeah, I was so disappointed coming back to find out that a, that at some point, even when they when they made him fine cast, or even when he was metal towards the end, they got rid of the double black banner. Stupid decision. And then obviously <laughs> they brought out that new Ragnar Blackbane and I'd already got back into blunted anyway, because the funnily enough, modern models. One of the ones that really got me back into the hobby was 2019, Mephiston came out. Um, uh, yes. And they were my second Marine army, as it, uh, it was. was Blood Angels, which happened a lot later than for some. I didn't get into them in second ed, but more in third ed with the Death Company rules. Um, but Mephiston came out. He looked so badass. I thought, I've got to get him. Okay. And then they brought out Ragnar. And I was like, oh, God, now I want space wars army too. But crucially, didn't have double back banners. So... <laughs> it will happen at some stage, but when it does, he will have double back banners, which I think is going like to be really it. hard to source. But we'll find a way. Well, um, I believe
2: know. this new stern guard kit has back banners in it.
1: I was, was going to say the stern guard. Yeah, the new stern guard kit does have. Ah, oh, oh, Richard White,
3: I'd, I'd settled all my pre-orders for this weekend. <laughs> now, now, now I need to go and get a stern guard kit and le- like probably more than one of them as well.
2: Yeah, there's um, back banners for everyone.
1: Yeah, get, yourself, it, get yourself on a bit site and just be like, can I have all the back banners, I, I, please?
3: Honestly, mate, I'm, not jo- I'm not joking. I can show you again the receipts. I've just bought another five on eBay last week because there's new greens <laughs> that I've got coming in, isn't it? So literally all I'm doing... And not only that, I've got them all over that. I've also got them all over my Orc army as well. Um, I love because it. I think one of the biggest things I really adore is when I played uh, boarding actions um, and obviously you've got the the doorways that look like they'd be a real squeeze for a lot of models anyway. But certainly good, when have had that back, band right? on top... The doorway smaller than the banner on the majority of my, my sergeants. So I quite like the idea <laughs> of the sergeant just calling the other lads in, just sort of going, Guys, you, I'll, I'll, I've got to get the pack off. Um, sort of give me a hand. Um, <laughs> give me, give me, give me, five minutes, that. Or they just like, like bend at the
2: waist minutes. and run at the door and see what happens.
1: <laughs>
3: I like it. I like yeah, it. Using a lot. it as like a human javelin, I think, or, or a, an abhuman javelin is quite cool. Um, so yeah, that's weirdly, that's the sort of thing that for whatever reason, It's a combination of like tweaking nostalgia that makes me come like makes me want to have it in all of my armies now because I just I love that degree of kind of silliness where it's got this it's got its roots in that way that that thing that I've always loved about forty k which is being that kind of medieval in space kind of aesthetic Um, and having all that kind of pageantry and stuff I I absolutely love around um, around Marines certainly but also all, all the other armies that have that kind of stuff too but it, it's that intrinsic slight silliness to it. That bit that says, this ain't no simulation. Um, this is, this is, it's, it's got some real, quite ridiculous stuff in there. And for me, the bat banner is probably one of the most ridiculous things that you could ever see um, yeah. on, a, on a battlefield. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's something that stands out to me. And then otherwise, it's favorite thing. I totally echo Richard, same thing again, you get, you get involved in organized play and, and certainly then, coming and joining London Wargaming Guild, meeting loads of people through that, um, and then starting to get involved and in organising stuff through that has been a massive pleasure um, because it's just a, a, a fantastic community of people, great way to meet friends um, and like-minded folks. And, and yeah, that's that's always going to trump everything, I think, is going to be the social side. You know, ultimately, when you come back to it, I think at our age, that part becomes sort of, a huge, it's what keeps you going, isn't it? I think everybody comes in with the same story of whether they come into it fresh or come into it from returning, which seems to be most of those I tend to know. Mm. You kind of, there's always a bit of apprehension about the idea that you're even going to play the game. It always starts with this kind of, let's just get some models and do something fun that I did as a as a kid and, and kind of enjoy that on my own as a solo thing. And then that point at which it becomes something social, uh, I think is the point at which it becomes a goddamn obsession, um, to be honest. Once yeah. you've got a good to talk to about <laughs> that's it, you're done. Like, you're done at that stage, aren't you? Like, if I'd yeah. never met someone else that played Warhammer in my adulthood, I'd have been all right. I'd have been able to just have a few boxes of Blood Angels and Plague Marines and maybe a steeder character, and I'd have had maybe 20 paints in a rack very neatly, um, and I definitely wouldn't have bought an airbrush. Um, and <laughs> instead, now... I feel like there's, there's so little else going on in my
1: life. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's <laughs> it. It definitely
2: does take over uh, for, uh, for a bit
1: if you're not yes, careful. Yeah. Well, you know, keeps you out of trouble. So that's always kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. 40 so I, I've got some weird ones. So the yeah, one thing that stands out in my mind is uh, the little statue. I say little, it's like eight foot tall of a space marine that was on the roof entrance to Games Workshop Blue Water which no longer exists So blue Water shopping center in kent if anybody knows that down in down in Greenhide, um used to have a games workshop and that was where i probably first saw like in person that was probably the first ever games workshop i properly looked in like when i was a little kid when that when that was around and they used yeah. to have and it, i i think it was a copy of the one like an exact copy of the one that's at warhammer world you know the space marine statue yeah that that probably that makes sense. Yeah, I, unless, as I say, I, I don't know. Anyone who knows Warhammer World for longer than I've known it, let me know. Unless they took the one from Games Workshop Blue War and stuck it at Warhammer World when it closed. I feel like that's unlikely, but either way. Um, but yeah, it, it had the Sorry? Yeah, 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 that? yeah. I'm, I'm, so I, I had to Google. So obviously, I was a little kid, right? So to me, it looked big anyway. But I had to Google it. And just, I was like, I wonder if it's the same statue. And it, it is. It's like, it's like six or seven foot tall, like at least. Um, of a sort of old school space marine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel I feel like it was made of like fiberglass or something. So I don't obviously it was pretty light because it was on a little like roof, a little uh, little um, what do you call it, like a porch outside the shop. Yeah, yeah. So they had the shop front and they had this little like you know porch roof thing with this space marine statue on it so you could see it because the way Boo, water you know like many shopping centers it has very long kind of big arcing, it's a big triangle basically it's big long arcing corridors and you could see this thing from like all the way there and it was really cool because it was like you know it's one of those memories when you're a kid you're like i'm gonna go to game Workshop. i'm gonna get myself some warhammer right and you could see it from my when you walked in through one of the big like through one of the other shops from the car park and you'd be like right that's where i'm going so it was always good it was always fun so that's a weird yeah, little those... uh, memory.
2: I, I spent yeah. so much time as a kid in, in one of those stores that, like, the employees probably get sick of you as, uh, after a while, but they were, yeah, such great places to, like, have a couple of games, get into the hobby, get a little bit of advice from, from the staff members, and just, they'll always have some fun music playing, and you could, you go know, paint a couple, a model or two, and it was just, yeah. it was such a joy to go in there as a, as a kid and, you know, game for a little bit, because... Yeah, back yeah, then if yeah. your friends went into it like if your friends were into it great you can have a game with them but otherwise your only connection to actually playing the game was going to a games workshop and trying to get in a, a little game
1: yeah and i think i think with the with the rise of with you know like, i don't get me wrong, i bad moon cafe and you know other i've not been to it but like rogues quarter i know people go to in in yeah, london yeah. obviously i'm very i'm london centric so anyone who's listening he's not from london i'm sure you have great little like game stores in your area but like the rise of you know friendly local gaming stores slash board game cafes i think has been more like more of them have opened they've become more noticeable um over the last maybe 10 years i don't know i love those places but um i will say like the, the physical retail games workshop stores although there are now less of them these days i say like blue water is gone i think a bunch of the others are gone but like the fact they still exist i think is really cool because that's that's something that everyone always forgets like when they talk about warhammer is how many other games do you know like there's not a monopoly shop right there's not like a snakes and ladders store right but this is this is a niche board game effectively not a board game but like this is a niche game for toy soldiers that has shops all over the uk and around physical locations where you can go in and see the product and it's to yeah. me. And to me, it's the, it's the what? It's the window displays as well. Like you, you, see it. Like if I go to the one on Tottenham that, Court Road. Which of head... problem, isn't it? I think the reason they have them these days. Yeah, is, yeah. You know, like, to Be
3: honest, they don't look like. I mean, the one in TCR is bright. Like, uh, sorry, TCR for those not in London. Tottenham, <laughs> Court. Tottenham
1: Court Road. Yeah.
3: Thought um, forget again. Yep. Yeah, A little bit London centric. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, when
1: Yeah. What I get onto TCR after I've had my uh, oat milk uh, cappuccino. <laughs> uh, you know, after stepping off yeah. the tube.
3: You because we have public uh,
1: transport here um
3: (laughs) that's a seriously speddy location right um oh yeah that's
1: expensive yeah
3: they get they get the occasional rush in for for for, you know the odd few models but i don't think they're turning over i wouldn't imagine they're turning over huge sums of the likes of some of the other stores that have got similar amounts of real estate on those roads what i would Mm. expect they're doing though is that the exposure is just the fact that for a niche hobby how do you expose yourself? How do you, you know, now obviously you've got lots of ways through social media and, um, I, I, I yeah, I shouldn't have said expose yourself. Should I? <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's how what, you end up on a list. <laughs> how do you expose your product? Right. I mean, I've just worked for, um, for a lot of the last four years, I worked really closely with the marketing department and yeah. it, it, you know, you, you really get under the bonnet of kind of how you push certain products into people in, in the modern world. But even then, it's really hard for something that niche, you know, yeah, you yeah. can try and target everybody that's into, um, you know, that shows an interest in sci-fi or an interest in hobbying. If they got an interest in that, in this form of hobby and like Gundam or anything, they probably know about Warhammer already. Um, yeah. If they're into magic, then again, they probably already know about it. But if you're looking for people outside of, of that radius and the likes of what we were, I know I wasn't into anything remotely like Games Workshop when I first walked into one or first walked past one and went, Good God, what is this? I need to yeah. be a part. Of it. Um, you know, and that I think is is what those stores are for, right? And they, you're quite right. They they stand as a really cool testament to kind of what the hobby is. Have I been in one? Uh, not not very often. Uh, I might need to run into Toncourt Road to grab a well model occasionally because I just I've, I've got some ludicrous idea of something that I want to do. Um, but otherwise it's it's not somewhere I think necessarily for the adults so much, but it's a it's a phenomenal showroom to get people back in. And actually if I think about it, it was it was going into popping into the one in Japan in twenty nineteen that made me go, Oh, look at all these new things and these Death Guard. I'll pick up some paints and a and a couple of models from a home so I don't so I don't go out drinking so much anymore before <laughs> I joined a before I joined a drinking club with a gaming problem. Um
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly no yeah so that's one of mine is is as i say very particularly that one at at blue water from when i was a kid but just the stores more generally is actually a kind of cool thing um and then in terms of like models so weirdly i was thinking about what triggers my nostalgia and actually the 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 middle earth strategy battle game uruk high and actually the uruk high berserkers are a good Ooh, example because yeah, like you know i've said best. it before i've said it before on this podcast right so i won't repeat the story but like like many people i was into the the the, the uh, strategy battles in middle earth or the battles from battles in middle earth the, the magazine the part work which yeah, actually the little is the successful part work the uh diagostini i think they're called the publisher that is the most successful one of those they have ever had i learned that the other day I'm not surprised like that. like it yeah. was massive. Like, it, like for those part works... Yeah, so
2: many people huge. our age got into the game through that. Oh, because yeah. Lord of the Rings was obviously massive. I got into yeah. it through Lord of the Rings as well. But I didn't get into it from those magazines. I think I eventually got a couple of those. But it was the White Dwarf that had literally... It was the movie cover of Fellowship of the Ring was honored. My mum walked into a games workshop and went, Oh, what's this? Hey, look, there's Lord of the Rings. My son's like Lord of the Rings. I'll mm. pick that up and get that for him. But like, so I got into it in a similar way, but not from the part works. But so many people our age, I've heard again and again, they got into it from these, you know, weekly magazines that yeah. just had like one or two models in them.
3: Was that the one with the Nazgul yeah. at the top of the hill when they're about to get the ferry, and it's like pitch black at night?
2: No, that was the cover to the first rule book, I think. Um, uh... But the cover to the White Dwarf, I can actually show you here.
1: Oh, I yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so for people, for people obviously because this is as we say an audio medium. So, what what Rich is holding up is it's it's the kind of one they used, I think, as the movie poster for 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 the Fellowship of the Ring. So it's you know Frodo at the front, Aragorn and Gandalf behind him with Arwen, um Perry Perry, Merry, Pippin, and Sam. <laughs> uh, 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 like the whole Fellowship. Orlando Bloom is there as Legolas. You've got Gimli. You've got Galadriel as well. Like it's yeah. just so cool you've for, got the for people the that. Bottom.
2: For people that want to look it up, it was White Dwarf 272 August, yeah. um, and this was the first ever one that I read and got me into the hobby. You so make definitely some... go check it out if you can.
3: I did as well. I meant to say, actually, that's another part of our things that I copied you on. I also went back and it went crawled eBay getting a decent copy of my first ever White Dwarf when I came back. Because yeah. you, you tell your mum to throw them away, um, you know, at some point. We
2: you? we read ours to pieces. Like, we yeah. devoured that battle report because we hadn't got the rules yet, but we bought, bought a box of Last Alliance models, and me and my brother then sat on the floor working out what the rules might be based on what we could figure <laughs> out from the battle reports.
1: <laughs> it's just... Yeah, so like, I'm elves, you- so you die. <laughs> Those are the
3: rules. <laughs> But yeah, it was one six eight for me, which was December nineteen ninety three, which is what which actually tells me I wasn't sure whether it was birthday or Christmas ninety three. It must have been Christmas because that's how I got that. Well,
1: here's and, here's here's a depressing here's a depressing fact for you. I was two years old when that came out. So uh, so well done. I, mean, well I was done, I was man. only eight
3: myself, but I just I was an, yeah, um, but
1: that eight is a lot. <laughs> you were a lot more compasmentous about what that was than I was at the age of two.
3: Stop <laughs> making Ben stop making me feel old. Uh,
1: uh, <laughs> and stop right. making
3: out my immaturity that what's on the front cover a bloody blood
1: angel uh so yeah a see see Bye. see yeah. do you know what it's it's fu- it's funny on the on that point like i found i haven't i can't in the absolute hell hole like a warhammer like a bomb full of warhammer has gone off in my room so it's just there's sprues everywhere and stuff but um that I, I did find the other day um in my box of like my jacob's my jacobs christmas cracker selection boxes <laughs> which have my old lord of the rings models in and some old like my old 40k from when i was from when i was a little kid as well as old paints as well which i, think I mentioned before the old black screw top ones including like and, uh, silver yeah. and all that that's like bolt gun, bulk gum bulk gum metal and tin bits amazing paints. um in there i found actually a a copy of i guess it would have been like the christmas catalog but it's like the little kind of fold-out section one, right, for yeah. Warhammer. And I was looking through some of the old armies in there, and I was I was thinking back to when I was a kid, and like you know, even the old I mean, let's <laughs> say the old Eldar sculpts, a lot of them are still the same, but like, <laughs> you know, and, which is quite funny. Uh, but like, but like, you look at those models, like the old the old um, the old Drakari, for example, the old Dark Elves were in Dark Eldar were in there. As with the um, the old uh, like Ravager kit um, or. Yeah. Or what's it called? What's the other variant on a Ravager called Ravager's one with guns. What's the transport one called?
0: Uh, raider.
1: Raider, yeah. that's it. Yeah. With like the weird and, and like the old um Oh god, what's it called? The the there's the Kronos and there's the the other talos. thing. The like the talos, yeah, the old talos model where it looks like it's kind of weird scorpion. Yeah, it's all made a, out yeah, of metal. Scorpion one yeah they were all in there and it just made me think i was like man you know what when i was a kid this was like the cool i mean it's still obviously it still is cool i'm doing a- i'm literally doing a podcast about it it's cool <laughs> to me but like when i was a kid i was like oh man this is like the coolest stuff ever like i it- was just it was so like yeah. of its time i i mean i, I remember I-, I i got the towel like the fourth edition towel codex which was i think was one of the first ones came out and again that's probably one of my you know favorite things in the past 40 years just that art the artwork is, is going to be my my pick my room my sort of oh, opposite to room 101 the things yeah, I don't want to be, the things I want. Like fire no, warriors, so... out
3: the devil yeah, yeah, yeah
1: It's the it's that original artwork with with the battle line of fire warriors and the, yeah. the crisis suit descending and of firing uh, off its weapons, and it's just it's just so cool, like in that old ochre colour scheme. For the, the they, ochre they... theme, so I, I, it's one of
3: the things that almost slightly offended me coming back to the hobby was that they started. In eighth edition, they've gone so hard on this white and black tau.
1: Viola, like, they've gone to the viola, yeah. So cool, it was so evocative. Like the, yeah. the, well, it's because... it's the tau, it's it's from tau, it's the tau sept in the law, the tau sept, yeah. are the ones that have that, and they switched over to a, a, I say viola or viola, however you want to pronounce it, viola. It's a small violin. <laughs> um, <laughs> they switched over to that large violin. Because, yeah. Uh, wait, is a viola a large violin? Yeah, it was a, it's a larger.
2: No, it's a larger oh, one.
1: See, look, that's my musical knowledge. Uh, sorry, the but double bass, no.
2: Um... I've violin for 10 years, I think I'll
1: do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, all right.
2: Jeez. No, no, sorry. It was more of the case, like, yeah, like flutes and piccolos, the piccolo is a smaller one, but the viola is the larger one. There's less of them in general an orchestra. There's, yeah, music never, knowledge never, there that we don't need to delve into.
1: Never, Never let it be said that this podcast is not educational in some way, so... Remember that, folks. When you're at a pub quiz <laughs> and you get the question, like, "Is a vi- is a vi- what is a viola?" and you go, "Oh, sounds like a small violin," like I just thought. Go, no, no, yep. big, violin. big um, violin. Anyway, moving on. They 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 switched over to that because that's the that's like the hot blooded. That's where all the fire warriors, like they have the most fire warriors. So they switched over to that. But that that original color scheme, that original artwork, oh, it's so cool. It's so evocative. Yeah, Same yeah. for that that edition of Necron Codex, the one with the it had the warrior on the front, the Necron warrior, kind of all yeah. over with his Gauss rifle. Um, and I think there was like a portal in the background. And you could see the Warriors coming out of it. Like coming out of a monolith. Um, those kind of artworks, I would say the, the, that, that's, I say, that's my my actual thing in the past just, few years, just, which is a very just, generic cast. Just John just, Blanche
3: well, in general. John Blanche has made most uh, of the yeah. 40 years. Just, so yeah. much but more I, evocative than they could have been because oh yeah the, yeah, the quality of that artwork and the degree to which it, it just was the fact that you, it could be something brand new into the hobby, something brand new you've never seen before. And mm-hmm. you knew it was forty k immediately because of uh, you know because of the the style and tone that he set that then was's been carried through by a bunch of incredible artists since then as well, and like yeah. that something that's really impressive actually is the the consistency of the artwork and I know that there was a probably a little bit of a slightly more fallow period where I think all of us were a little bit less engaged with Warhammer um, yes. Which I don't know so well uh, in the kind of fourth through to seventh kind of era, but um, certainly since I've been back, the you know the whole it, they've done a really good job. I think of, of keeping a hold of um, of that you know what people call the grim dark. Um, mm. Not necessarily, you know, some I don't think it's the style of his own, but I think just having that you know that kind of tone to everything that they do yeah, is just definitely just
2: incredible.
1: And I can give I can give some more examples of, like, the artwork that stuck with me. So there's two from Chaos. There's one of a, a – I think it's technically – he's not actually a Plague Marine. I think he's technically a Nurgle Chaos Space Marine that was in the old, like, that that edition, that fourth edition Space Marine, Chaos Space Marine Codex, Who's kind of – his yeah. jaw is, like, hanging off, and he's got, like, a pipe going into his mouth. Yeah. And then there's also the other one from that book, from that same book, which got reprinted in the ninth edition Chaos Space Marine Codex, which made me very happy, and I hope it will appear uh, as and when we get the 10th edition Space Marine it's is the, the one of the the Zeech, um, uh, uh Chaos Marine who's kind of in, like, greenish armor, and he's, like, covered in eyes, and he has that he has that sort of 1000 Suns Sons-esque sort of tall helmet, and he stood there with his hands sort of just atop the pommel of his sword, like, at rest, and it just... I don't know, the sound about that artwork, that always stuck with me, and when they republished that, In the ninth edition Chaos Space Marine Codex, I was like, "I'm happy. This is cool. This is amazing." Like the fact that this is great,
3: bringing back to a lot of the old stuff. Like, I think my absolute favorite one of all time is actually not got a marine in it, not even got any form of model from the whole game in it. Mm. But it was um, in the various black and white supplements that were all kind of extra. I think it might have been the Armoury one, it might have been Imperial Army or it might have been something else, but it's one of the one of the books that came in the second edition box set, right? Mm. Um, because there were about five books that made up the rules in that box set at the time. And the the one of them in particular, the the front of it, was I think just basically a picture of terror. It might have been the throne, but it certainly was a picture from Terror. Mm. And it was just this effectively this huge grayscale kind of you know mass of gothic um architecture that just you know you could sense the scale in it with Mm. a load of you know um of the horrific half machine cherubs um kind of flying about
1: yeah they they look proper uh, scary in the john blanche
3: artwork proper (laughs) grotesque and i think in the foreground might just have been some Hooded dude that was probably, uh, you know, kind of looked a bit kind of um, ad mechie in fairness in, in retrospect. Yeah. Um, and just, it just looked immediately to me like this kind of something I'd just never seen. We'd never, at that time, kind of huge, huge scaled kind of dystopian sci fi films didn't really exist. Mm. They came quite soon after. They came certainly during sort of the noughties and stuff like that. But you didn't tend to see stuff with that kind of, you know, incredible scale um mm. and that's it, it was just so otherworldly but yeah nothing to do with the marine and yet i just it's burnt this image into my into my head
1: do you know what I've, maybe i'm revealing my my predilection for chaos here but I've, i i i was like looking up to see if i could find where that artwork from and i found the nurgle worshipping chaos marine it was from 2003 and it was uh, uh, by adrian smith and um, to give full credit, I should say to call out if, if Adrian is listening, amazing artwork. It was actually for the cover of Inferno magazine. And yeah, it's the Nurgle Chaos Space uh-huh. firing uh-huh. a bolter. Um, and then yeah, the, I, I'm the Z. Ah, Here we go. I found so it. Presumably,
3: it's... it was an actual comic book uh artists because they were actual comic books the inferno mags weren't they
1: yeah 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 i think there's have they got the slash one there is sorry there is actually a warhammer art website which is very cool you can buy you know the artwork from various sort of warhammer but yeah the classic zinchian sorcerer that was also an adrian smith uh number so i think i think maybe i just like adrian smith artwork the corn guy as well and then of course the Slesh marine the one who's kind of got the crop top arbor on um, and has the weird bug eyes with like the little sort of like jaw, like little insect jaw around his face. Um, and the other one I will say from that kind of genre, uh, as I say, which makes me sound like I'm just I'm just riffing on chaos because I guess I kind of am. Uh, was the um, which is now actually a sculpt is the Demon Prince. The uh, that that shot they had of uh, the Demon Prince kind of on the hill, kind of crouched over. Yes, there you go. Yeah. Oh, so see, yeah, you're, fun, you're fun enough, that to Demon
2: to the Prince. Camera. Yeah, so Demon Prince, I've just, for people who are listening, I've just pulled out the White Dwarf that has it on the cover, because that was, funnily enough, the second ever White Dwarf that I ever read, <laughs> and the only other White Dwarf that I went back and bought.
1: What are the, what are the chances? But yeah, that one as well was another one. that's yeah, read. Very cool. Um, and the fact, the fact that that's a sculpt now makes me very happy. Um, so yeah, I... I don't know, I mean, yeah, so the artwork for 40 years, the stores, um, and particularly the one at Blue Water has some, uh, had some, or the one that was at Blue Water had some um, some nostalgia for me. In terms of, like, the models, I think the sculpts have just continuously got better and better. I mean, like, looking, obviously, you know, technology improved. It's a really mundane statement to make, but, like, the Angron sculpts that came out recently, and the Lion, they just look so good, the pair of them. And obviously, you know, yeah. you, as you say, you can't even, and I know Mr. War Hipster is not here, but I will say that the AOS models are just smashing it out of the park, like like the yeah, big ones and the spawns, like the new Lizardmen range. We we just did actually, and I, I encourage people to go check it out over on Josh's channel, um, uh, War Hipster on YouTube. Um, we just did our most recent episode of the Tale of Many War Hipsters, which is our like group painting competition, or not competition, but so sort of group painting thing that we do, where people from you know and anyone who's listening challenge. can can get involved. Yeah, it's like a painting challenge, and um, you can just submit the models. You- you've painted and basically you know we just sit there and, and talk about them and say how good they are generally don't we rich i mean that's yeah basically, basically what it. we do <laughs> um and like the number of people this month who'd painted like croxigore um was one of, mm. i think was one of the most represented models and all of them were fantastic yeah, there are a lot of seraphon yeah there were a lot of seraphon there were a lot of seraphon um, a lot of apothecaries biologists yeah it
2: was well. seraphon dark models. angels things with bits of yellow on them uh, and then grab Gravis Apothecaries. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, we also, we also, I should say, we also do give out um, the the Gary Lineker Award for crispness. Um, so uh, the crispiest paint job um, gets the uh, gets gets the Gary Lineker Award, <laughs> which is, I should caveat, in no way a real award. I just made it up on the no. spot, but it's now so a thing. So someone that it's kind yeah, of stuff. The
3: page has to have either sent you something in like prawn cocktail scheme, or alternatively just a crisp on legs because that's
1: <laughs> i'm hoping that normally will
3: come soon. would be i'm gonna glue space Marine arms and legs to a crisp and... <laughs> <laughs> or to a crisp.
2: yeah well, it's paint... like people on instagram did that to a paint pot a while ago yes and then they exactly. had all these like yeah. paint pot as a model
1: yeah i saw i saw somebody made a killer can out of um an orc an orc killer can out of a like old spray can yeah. Which is yeah. quite funny, like a like not a, yeah. like a deodorant can, I think, because it was like a small. One. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it kind of. What was it? It was a. It was definitely like a games because it was saying it's all games workshop parts. So it was like a little. Maybe it was like a big paint pot or something. But they had like they had like the the thing, and then they sort of stuck all the orc arms on it, and the little window on the front. Um, yeah. And they were like, it's now a killer can.
3: Well, I'm I'm old enough to remember the 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 um, the the guidance to make a land speed out. Oh. Ab- not quite old, in the first time I yeah. saw the retro, they did a retrospective of it in about 94 or something but uh the yeah the deodorant um landsfeder, landsfeder. With, that's um, that's <laughs> classic it's just it's always been one of yeah one of the greats i mean but certainly i will to remember white dwarf actually encouraging you to use non-hobby stuff yeah. well um, there's so, there's the famous um incredible really when you look back at it but you know, I know some people like the idea of GW returns that now. I don't think you're quite going to get that out of a commercial yeah. entity these days. Um,
1: well, the there's... odd
3: reference that you might use things other than theirs fine,
1: but I there was there was the famous uh, there was there was the famous um, uh, polystyrene ball and toothpick cat. Yeah, tie as well was yeah. the other was the other one, the little like oh was it, it was a ping pong ball and you stuck two picks in it and that was your that was your alien cacti that you would put on your battlefield <laughs> and that would be your terrain back in the day people that people yeah. haven't seen this listen to this I strongly encourage you Google uh, the deodorant land speeder because it is quite funny um, it's like a stick deodorant but it's now a land speeder. <laughs> um, and you know be creative see that's the thing I do one thing I do like about orcs and orc players is orcs are that one faction where you can definitely still like oh, you know 100%. buy yourself like a, a toy Dump truck, and then just stick a load of like orc bits on it, and it's like, oh, it's a truck. It's like, you know, he's
3: would going to police orcs, are they? There's a reason why,
1: like,
2: as long as they've, they've made an effort to convert it,
3: it'll do so much.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. just take, take some Lego and go, here, not,
2: this is orcs now.
1: They're not, <laughs> they're not, they're not, they're not pulling a Ralph wiggum diorama and just using a Barbie dream house, um, <laughs> a, a Casa a Casa Mojo Dojo house, as it, as yeah. it is now um but yeah no it's 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 all of that really and, and look I'll, I'll end my nostalgia uh, sort of stopping it so by saying look i'm gonna ruthlessly come from the very youth. i think the best thing uh, about it um, has been the friends we made along the way um because genuinely i agree it's a social game and you meet some fantastic people and do you know what i also really like about it 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 brings together people from all sorts of different backgrounds Right there, you, yep. you meet people from all over the country, all over the world. When you get a tournament, another great reason to get a tournament is you just meet all these like other people that you play, that you chat with. Um, you can you can share experiences as well because you know you'll both have bad dice rolls, you'll both have great moments. Like you, you'll just meet people that um, you know you can end up never seeing again, but you had a great time when you chatted to them. But otherwise, they could become friends for life. So I, you know, I'm we're preaching to the choir here because by very fact people are listening to this. <laughs> They're probably already quite engaged in the hobby, but you know, yeah. bring 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 your friends in if they're interested in uh, in it, and uh, making it sound like a multi level marketing. <laughs> bring in three people, and then they bring in three people, and then eventually something happens, and then there's profit. That's how that works. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I mean,
3: in, in, fair, in fairness, I am looking at having collected a load of money off a load of Warhammer players this week for uh, I mean, not quite for a timeshare, but for an Airbnb for us to all go to Coventry and, and play play Warhammer. Oh, so, at, uh, at the at the Coventry GT. Well, yeah, but it's, it's such a, and that, that again is just a lovely thing whereby we've got a, a regular group. There's probably, there's kind of four or five us that are particularly uh, sort of teammates almost, I guess, but then a, another hmm. five, six, seven people that will regularly jump into accommodations with us and jump on, you know, in the car in, in various convoys and stuff going up and down the country yeah. and, and being able to go away for those. I mean, occasionally they can be a little bit of Warhammer stag. Um, but you know, kind of, you know, Friday night beers and and Saturday day and get, and Saturday gaming and Sunday commiserate with each other on the car home about that that fifth game <laughs> you definitely should have won. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, it,
2: funny. it is funny house, how quickly those car trips go by when you it's like it's like oh it's like you know a couple of hours to this next town that's you know where it's, the it's thing exactly. is or like, even driving up to like North of England you know farewell in in the car. And you just talk the whole time about Warhammer. Yeah. I
3: mean really I've got like a fourteen hour flight doing it next year to Las Vegas for one of them. So um hope I mean I'm pretty yeah. sure again. Yeah. I don't know whether we'll manage to talk the entire way, but um, but it is it is <laughs> incredible. Like the amount of international trips people make now. When when we were at the you know uh, the OGT the other week and there is just so many people now coming over from Europe. Um and, you know, you meet you're meeting people not just from now, it's great when you go to Manchester and you meet a whole bunch of guys that are playing a completely different scene to you. And you you might, you know, you, you head up there and there's there's people from all over the place, but it's primarily a bunch of guys from the north of England that you don't normally uh, go and play Warhammer with and you're like, Wow, people actually live here. Um and then, you know, you go to Coventry <laughs> again, you go, Wow, people actually live here.
2: Um,
3: well, well,
1: simply- well, okay, well that's our audience <laughs> north of Watford that's just gone. Thanks, Jamie. Cheers, mate. <laughs>
3: But similarly as well, you—you, um, you, I was saying nothing bad by that at all. You read into that what you need to, but I was not saying it. Um, <laughs> but uh, but in all seriousness, going to some of these events now, and even you know, I think even in Manchester, I played against the guy who'd who'd flown over uh, from Europe. Um, the, the same will be true in COP. Car- Certainly, the same is true of the international team tournaments and stuff at Warhammer Worlds. Um, you know, there was a bunch of guys there that I met that. Um, that were from Italy um, the one time, which was pretty, pretty awesome as well. And just sort of actually the, the fact that I, th- I think it's happened particularly post COVID and probably particularly in the UK with a lot of the competitive events getting quite large, the, the kind of the, it feels like the game's becoming slightly more international as well. And you're starting to meet people from, you know, not just different back, backgrounds across the, the UK, but say you're starting to get people, you know, even going across continents at times, a little bit, um, you know, less frequent perhaps, but certainly still out there, and that's seriously cool. Yeah, definitely, yeah.
1: definitely. It's 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 you know, we've, we say we've all been to events, we've played other people, and you just you know, from you just meet people from all sorts of places. Um, that all love playing with toy soldiers. Plus, it's also good because then you, you know, it's a it's a way that you can you get to enjoy the um the fact that you know in when you see models. Obviously, these days when they print their little instruction rule book, they have you know them in English and Spanish and others, and you get to enjoy the fact that in other languages, uh, model names can sound absolutely fantastic. My personal favourite, absolutely of all time, being uh, the Necron Overlord, being Senor Supremo in in Spanish. Which is just fantastic. If you what, what what better title is there? I am Senor Supremo. <laughs> <laughs> it's Just wonderful. That was really incredible. It's brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was just slightly
3: too well, a TV say. show, shortly, isn't it? Senor Supremo. He's, well, be, a... He's a...
1: Yes. Well, it, it has it has a whiff of as you say with that with that uh, with that impression you're doing, Jamie. It has a whiff of uh, of El Nombre about it. Which uh, you made? Do you remember El Nombre at all from from? You're, I know you're probably too old for El Nombre and Rich School in Australia. <laughs> just... So no, El, El Nom, because El Nombre El Nombre was like a really I just sound like I'm nuts now, but I really hope people listening remember El <laughs> Nombre was a little mouse, a little he was like a sort of Mexican mouse. That uh, like was like a Zorro figure that was on like the educational programs they used to show when I was in primary school. and they used to have you know watch the TV or whatever, when they used to put this on, El Nombre was this this little mouse that taught you to count and taught you how numbers worked. You can look him up. I'm not just making it up. He's no, on YouTube. I went to
3: Catholic school. It was just Jesus on the TV. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't if it wasn't cartoon Jesus, you weren't allowed to watch
1: it. Come, 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 my children. I shall teach yeah. you to count in the name of our lords. <laughs> 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 this hole in my hand. Zero. Uh, no, anyway. <laughs> a lot of
3: stories in retrospect feel a little bit similar to some out uh, of 40k. But, you know, yeah, that was, that was all. We didn't have a unbreak. We
1: definitely didn't have that. Massive controversy. 40k copied. The Bible. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, sorry, are you,
3: I mean, we're not saying Sanguinius the Emperor and Horus is basically, um, you know, Lucifer, you know, Lucifer the devil and, and, uh, and Jesus Christ. Jesus, Jesus, Lucifer, and uh, and and God, clearly isn't it?
1: Yeah. But yeah, I mean,
3: actually, in all seriousness, actually, the uh, the uh, one of the parts of the law that's always always really enjoyed was the 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 very 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 obvious references that you thought was super clever when you were about ten years old, and then in retrospect you go, oh yeah, actually, that's just kind of slightly cringy. Um, yeah. <laughs> but well, that's kind of like
2: the you, you love it for it.
1: They're basically talking about like jesus and god here it's great <laughs> well you know what we should we should we should move on from our celebration of uh, before we get into a philosophical debate about religion um to, to talk a little bit about um well i mean actually i mean let's let's briefly jamie you mentioned lgt we haven't actually have you what how did how did your lgt in a nutshell how did it go like you took the blood angels is that right am i right in saying that
3: uh i did yeah yeah i mean first it was it was probably the best one that i've been to um which was really good it was my nice fourth maybe or fifth no third i think Uh, still at lee valley
1: still at lee valley sports center
3: Still at lee valley absolutely and it was it was yeah it was it was really really well done was there for the friday night for the doubles and was there again oh nice the the singles on the uh the saturday sunday and it was a tip-top weekend as usual um and yeah, I took, took Blood Angels because I, I I haven't played a 2K game Blood Angels until that Saturday um, in this edition, which um, was ambitious of me. But um, my GSC kind of, obviously the nerf hit them quite hard. And it was more that I just couldn't find a way to get the list to do what I wanted to do with it, more so than worrying about how well it would play. Um, it was more about sort of just... Literally not having the time to reconfigure, paint a whole bunch of new stuff and whatever.
1: Yeah. Um, Deal with the points. Well, GSE is quite a model intensive army, let's be fair. It is. It's like a lot of acolytes.
3: Especially, I'd gone down the route of having like 70 odd acolytes and a small number of Neos. And I think the the better route to go down with all those nerfs is actually the opposite way around, where you have a whole bunch of Neos, even more than you have of the acolytes. Um, So you basically have more bodies um, and a little bit more chip damage. So I left them behind, um, and we'll probably shelve them until the codex because uh, we'll see. Um, I just, I just kind of, I might be just waiting for some new rules, and I think mainly just because I got super excited looking at the previews for for Marines, and basically decided to go and do the Ironstorm detachment in orbit name uh, that they've somewhat previewed. So um, I I took six Dreads, uh, a couple of Bow Predators. Uh, unit of Death Company, Unit of Terminators, and just basically went about smashing up the board, and it was really fun. Um, I like and I it. only only won the two games, which um, wasn't unexpected, given that it was a. Um, I literally I forgot to do the hit re rolls on the Death Company for like four of the games. Um... <laughs> Was, was reading several of the date sheets for <laughs> the first time and basically just was going, that's oh, fine, I'll just work it out as I'm going along. So winning the couple that I did was absolutely fine. Um, and it was was super, super good fun, though. The main thing was, I think every game that I had was massively, massively enjoyable. And I even include the first game, which was the, the only one that was a blowout. Um, every other game was really close, uh, which was against Eldar, and specifically an Eldar with a whole bunch of anti-tank. And I just looked at it and sort of went... I, I, the guy that I played was a lovely, lovely chap who was playing his first ever game in an event. And I basically just turned up and just went, Look at your list last night. And uh, I'm really, really glad that you've said it's your first ever event because I'm giving you a totally free win here, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because what's going to happen, I'm yeah. going to play as hard as I possibly can and maybe scrape into turn three. Um, so, <laughs> And that's basically what happened because he just adds all of the. Uh, the wonderful fate diced seven damage uh stuff hitting dreadnoughts um three or four times a turn. But it was it was really, really good fun. Um and again, as I say, even when you've got those games and you know they're a blowout, for it to be against folks that you you get on really well with is is always the beauty of organized play. Yeah. So yeah, really, really good time. I still oh, say fantastic. though they desperately need to serve some beer that's not five percent. Um so the, the, my, it remains my one I mean it's better than the first time I went and I think the, low, the I think the session beer was about 7% but it, right. it does mean that um, it does mean that at some point over the weekend I'll have sort of forgotten what it is that I'm drinking and then <laughs> as thought, I'll have forgotten what it is that I'm playing as well so um, <laughs> constant danger
1: just, just, uh, just drunkenly trying to remember your rules. I like it. I like it. Yeah, that's it was awesome. like of the Best, best food they've ever had as well. That was actually really. That's good yeah, I, mu- I, must admit, because my, my, my LGTs. I've been to one LGT, and my experience there, uh, I, I like the games were fun, and the, like people I played were fun. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the environment, the, the sort of venue and the food, the venue. I mean, the venue's fine, right? It's a big venue for the tables. It's fine. But my, my one criticism I had, which I, you know, I don't hold necessarily as criticism anymore because I haven't been to any of the other. Like one since. Um, although this is wasn't that wasn't that the last one that Richard was uh involved in? Uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't. (laughs) Sorry, I was only just trying to Yeah, just trying to get (laughs) a joke. No, it wasn't, it wasn't what Rich was involved in, to be clear. Uh, but no, it was, it was one where, um, yeah, like the the sort of the lack of facilities in the form of like food and stuff I found was a bit, but yeah, not great. But but if that's improved, that's good 100%. And it's,
3: it's interesting to see actually, I mean, to. There's the point that I think UKTC have basically come out and said they're expanding the, uh, the, the, the circuit by about another four tournaments and they're
1: wow. looking to make
3: Manchester GT. Uh, that, that was one, I mean, again, it was about when I went to almost all the of them last year and the, the Manchester one was one where probably it felt a bit like, I, I think I know that LGT you're talking about. I remember there being some really Olympic stadium on, food, yeah. food token food tokens in particular. Oh yes, the food tokens. Um, Yep. So I sort of remember that, and I think Manchester felt a little bit again where the venue was. I think I think it was a new one. It just it wasn't really working, and it's being moved somewhere else. And they're looking to go and scale up to LGT. So um, so yeah, for those that do head to kind of know those large tournaments, there's another one on the scene that's going to be particularly large, um, and that's always kind of fun and exciting too. Um, But yeah, really really good time.
1: It's not it's not just big, Jeff. It's large. (laughs) <laughs> um, no, I like it. I like it. That yeah. sounds like it's, again. I once I I need to at some point actually get back to doing uh, more tournaments because I would like to go back and maybe next year I will go. LVO is on the list, and I know you're going next year uh, to the next one, but I'd like to go back and maybe do LGT next year. This year, I didn't fancy it, mainly because I haven't had time to really get enough games in, uh, or paint up an army properly, and uh, B, the, like, as in, paint up an army list I'd actually want to take, and uh, B, the Eldar exists. So, uh, until Games Workshop does the right thing and legends the entire Eldar range... Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm joking, I, haven't, I have an Eldar army. I, I'm not, uh, I'm not really. You're not, yeah, yeah, you're actually, yeah, anti-Eldar
3: league you know me mate I, I love i love them but i only love them really for two things and that's uh that's that's metal eldrad and uh falcon Grav grab tanks Um and yeah. aside from legend the whole lot let them all go legend it <laughs> all of it <laughs>
1: Bin it, yep. bin the whole thing. Uh-huh. Charles, so- if you're listening, we're binning your faction. Sorry, mate. No. I should say. So like Charles <laughs> is a good example of somebody who only plays well, he's got a sisters army now, but he's like only played Eldar really for like most of his time before Warhammer. so he has like everything, but they are all Bealtan. And he runs that he like when Bealtan was a thing, he ran them as Be- Bealtan, even when like uh what was it? Um the other ones were much better, like Althway. Um so uh, so anyway, but but look, that's that's good to run. And that is a good segue talking about blood angels into um let's talk about our feelings our thoughts um about the new space marine codex which is out now that's pretty cool what are you uh, jamie given that you've you've actually been to a tournament obviously using old rules but you said you were excited by the concept of the iron storm detachment and Mm. running in orbit name what what are your kind of key picks from space marine codex like detachments units etc to
3: to be honest the main thing that i'm really into is i've already written now the apps updated I've, i've written four lists using four different detachments and actually i mean one of them i'm never going to touch in fairness uh, one of them is just a bit which actually if anything it might well be still the strongest but it's gladius so i probably won't use but yeah. um but being able to play about with the other ones because i absolutely love i think i've mentioned it a million times highly elite armies highly mobile armies um when it comes to space marines and that's why it's blood angels for me but also why the blood angels archetype that i like is all of those kind of elite and jumpy and then also dreadnoughts, love all that stuff so the flexibility in that codex um when when they first started kind of coming out with these ideas that you can paint your army however you want and yet still you know find uh rules to to play with them that might not necessarily be that similar mm. to those that you might get in a typical supplement or in a mm. hard-coded this is how this faction plays uh, i was yeah i was a little bit worried about that from a from a a perspective of always having loved space marines and chaos space marines who are massively into um for a long time as well sort of a little worried that that a lot of people would just sort of a lot of armies would lose their flavor but i think actually what i'm seeing from from people in their planning is that people are really excited about being able to play about with one two three detachments that play into different aspects of what that faction is known for so actually yeah you know, whilst there is this Iron Handsy detachment, um, I know myself and a load of other Blood Angels players like yeah, great, because we bloody love Dreadnoughts, right? And Space Wars players as well. They've always had, you know, a whole bunch of unique Dreadnoughts. They've always had stories in lore of, you know, um, I've always loved the one of the Blood Angels 44 Furiosos going on the charge against a bunch of orcs. Brilliant story. Um, and, and all this kind of stuff, right? So I really like the fact that the detachments feel like they've got pretty distinct playstyles, but they mm. don't, They and whilst they are definitely leaning into aspects of the lore for all of those particular chapters, it's pretty easy to see which one is which in terms of the main kind of known ones. You can also see a use of them in still playing a playstyle reflective of some of the other chapters. So the Flamestorm one's a great example. That Flamestorm detachment, I think, plays into not only um, Salamander's, but also, for me, Guard. actually. I think Guard, even though they've got a detachment that suits them with the stealthiness, it plays into their, let's be, you know, fast and aggressive, but also quite shooting. Um, It plays into a lot of what you might want to do with Blood Angels too, where, again, you might want to be super fast and very, very assault-based, but, again, rely on a bit more ranged weaponry rather than necessarily charging. Yeah. And certainly the White Scars uh, one is attracting me as well. I love the idea of just a million jump packs advancing and
2: charging all day. So
1: the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: but for yeah. me it's... Which, again, could be Raven Guard with, you know, all their um, jump pack guys and Vanguard veterans, double claws and all that sort of stuff.
3: Oh, it's, and, and that's the lovely thing about it. I think people are looking at it and going, great, this feels like I've got real flexibility. I think for a lot of people who are into Marines, people tend to, you know, as you said earlier, Adam, a lot of people have got a Marine army. But then there are also some people like myself that have stupid amounts of Marines and we have ten, twelve thousand 12,000 points of them and therefore could quite easily go, I'm going to play four different detachments this year. that are totally different to each other and just use different models from across my army.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It is. It is cool. Um, and I should say... Ah, we've
3: summoned War Hipster.
1: I know, yeah. We were talking about blooded, blood, in- blood, ain- blood angels. Uh, we were talking about blood angels. Uh, I don't know what, what voice something. We were talking about blood angels, and who should appear? He's like he's been, he's like like the sanguine he's appeared <laughs> from the heavens, he heroically intervened to shut me uh, up, <laughs> like like just contrast paint shining down from the skies above. It's the War Hipsters' joined us. hello, hello, Josh. What's what's going on?
0: I thought I'd make a guest appearance. It's very much
3: a hey. right maneuver, isn't it? I love it.
0: It's on brand. Yeah. I um, thought I'd probably also come in and say. I'm guessing you've been recording for what an hour and a half. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Roughly. You mentioned anything other than 40k up to this point, or yes, quite a lot. Actually, actually yeah. quite a lot. Yes, missing... yeah, yeah. So you, let me get this right. You, you do an episode. Okay, well, tell me how much time you spend. i uh, spent roughly because most episodes I'm here for. It's like we. Age of Sigmar exists now for an hour and 45 minutes. uh,
1: (laughs) We've actually, we've actually, we actually, so actually we spent most of uh, the previous hour, at least uh, before Jamie gave us his update about LGT and sort of how that had gone. um, We actually spent most of the the first hour talking about our favorite things from the past 40 years, which heavily focused on uh, Lord of the Rings uh on uh warhammer fantasy battles on the um, on the as well as we talked about the preview uh which is due to come along later of uh of, of for the 40th anniversary um talking about what we might see there from the old world um and actually we were reminiscing about the uh we were talking about the sculpts and and particularly how aos is knocking it out of the park uh when it comes to uh to to some of the the newer sculpts and how it'd be cool to see some of the characters that have translated across into AOS actually in like updated versions of their original uh, Warhammer Fantasy Battle form as well. Back in the old world, as you know, if if they, if it fits the timeline, if they can appear. Um, but yeah, we we we've just started talking about the uh, the now released Space Marine Codex as well. Uh, oh but, yeah. Uh, but you've turned up, so we should probably not talk about that. <laughs> we should. I, you know. Do you know I will ask you. I, I will ask you. I will say. I will, I will ask yeah. you because you have turned up. I will ask you. So what we did is we mentioned didn't yeah they would be interested to get your take we we basically said i said tell me your favorite thing from really from you know the past 40 years of warhammer and i said obviously on warhammer community they've been doing models so they've been talking about like their favorite models but we'll make it broader than that like what are the things that really stand out for you from like the whole Time you've been in Warhammer. So to give you some context, some example, like I mentioned, one of the things that always stands out for me in my mind is some of the artwork. Like I heart back to some of the original like tau and Chaos artwork from when I got into 40k originally. Also the um, the physical stores, and in particular. The store that no longer exists at Bluewater Shopping Centre in Kent, because it had a statue of a Space Marine outside, which I remember really stood out for me when I was a kid. And Rich mentioned the original White Dwarfs and the artwork they had on them, the 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 Lord of the Rings uh, Fellowship of the Ring sort of movie artwork that was on those as well. So so what about you, Frodo,
0: holding the ring like that. Hang on, he'll he'll show you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not. He's not holding the ring. I know. I know exactly. We've talked about that one in the past. My, yeah. my what, first what yours? Dwarf was yeah. the one which had Azek on it. Oh, yeah? You know the, oh, the nice. celebratory Terminator? Oh, Chaos. yeah, yeah, uh, is yeah. Oh, the yeah, world that one. Dispoiler oh, or something. <laughs> the
1: world tickler. <laughs> Azek, 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 the world tickler.
0: He, he for some reason <laughs> doesn't have blood, blood in the name. <laughs> Azrak the Annihilator, I think, is the one you're looking for. I'm, I'm, I've got the box under my desk. Yeah, Azrak, yeah. Yeah, the Annihilator. Annihilator. Yeah.
1: Whereas the guy we've just invented, Azek the Planet Fondler, he is—he is an entirely different model from a different era. He's, he's,
0: a, Sla- he's a slanesh. Model.
1: He's a Sla-Nesh model. He's a slanesh model. He
0: is. They're not often written about Araman's brother who fell to the flesh change during before the, the times of the Horus Heresy. Um, do you know what the biggest standout in my time in the last forty years of Warhammer, of which I've been present? within it for the last twenty-five of those years would probably be the last three or four years where Warhammer gave me a job. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. Although um, you did work for Games Workshop as well. So did. did Warhammer kind of give you a job a long time ago as well?
0: <laughs> they did. They gave me they gave me a job to work in their shop and um I left that job and decided to make my own Warhammer job, not working for Games Workshop. Um <laughs> That, to me, like, I mean, I've talked about this at great length before, but there were certain things I did as a kid, right? So uh, playing Nintendo 64, uh, I used to play uh, chess to quite a high level. Um, I used to shoot bows to quite a high level. Uh, have I said Warhammer? I've said Warhammer. Um you know, just various little things that I did as pursuits as a child. I used to ride horses as well, because I was obsessed with horses. Um, if I'd asked myself at six years old, which of these things do you think you'll make a living out of? I'd have said, don't be stupid, you have to grow up to be a postman. Or something like that. <laughs> but... I don't
3: know, it kind of sounds like you're going to grow up to be the chapter master
0: of the white scars with like bow and arrow, horse, yeah. Warhammer and chess. <laughs> music as well. Yeah, you well. are Jagatai Khan.
1: Yeah, you are yeah. Khan. I,
0: I, I, You know, I've I, I, played music all my life from about the similar, similar age. Like mu- Playing musical instruments has been as much a part of my life since as Warhammer since for about the same amount of time. Um, since I was about six years I got my first trumpet when I was six years old. Um, that's where it all started. But Honestly, like of all of those things, Warhammer's not the one I would have chosen. Would have ended up being the thing <laughs> that I do for a living, and yet here we are, um, celebrated a big milestone yesterday. I mean, it's a, it's a stupid milestone, but like I put out the more pack Gorgon more pack video uh, on YouTube uh, yesterday, uh, and that was video seven hundred and one. Wow. Yeah. So it's a lot of videos. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the the thing it's about work. that for me was the volume of videos is intense, but the fact that I've been able to continue making the videos, and I'm not struggling. I'm also not having to balance that against a nine to five in a in a in an office or anything like that. I'm I'm living a dream I didn't know I had.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: In fairness, if you'd seen the rise of YouTube as a child as well, I think that would that potentially you might have made a hell of a lot more money. To be, YouTube. <laughs> yeah, um, you just
1: come, come up with your own.
3: Yeah, video if you think was YouTube was going to be a way for people to uh, to yeah to, to yeah.
0: make it in future. My gosh, we could have gone places. It's one of those stupid things, isn't it? I think I think we are we are all of an age now where we're old enough to know when YouTube came out, mm. uh, but none of us had the foresight at that time. <laughs> To think, oh, do you know what? I'll just, I'll just start making videos and see where that goes. And then you look at like people, like I mean, one of the ones I always point to is um, one of my favorite creators is JackSepticEye, massive YouTuber. Um, his first video that he uploaded, and this is the thing as well uh, about this fascinating change in how people work. His first video is him doing an impression of Solid Snake, badly. <laughs> <laughs> this is his first video that he puts up but to have the confidence...
2: early YouTube was a very different space
0: <laughs> yeah but to have the confidence to do that do you know what I mean like 14-15 years ago however old YouTube is now um... it's
3: also the way though that that culture around like I don't, know, I don't know whether it's chicken and egg as to how so like a reference to Solid Snake as well at one point certainly at a point in our lives was an extremely geeky thing that only a few people would have yeah. any clue of whatsoever. Um, and and in part as well, because also nobody made money out of children. They made money out of children's parents, right? Whereas yeah. now, actually via YouTube, people make money specifically from children who will, will consume that content voraciously. Yeah. Um, and that is,
0: you know, that's a huge sea change, actually, to yeah. what it
3: was when we were kids, I guess.
0: Yeah, but and also just like... If you think of like that, that thought process of... I've talked about this at length before, and I guess this ties into the 40 years of Warhammer type thing that you're talking about, is that the only way I thought it was possible to learn stuff about Warhammer was to go to the local shop or the local friendly local gaming store or to have a sleepover at your mate's and then you would learn stuff or you would read the book or they might they might show you a technique they f- picked up from a games workshop manager or something like that all those types of things right you think that's how we all cut our teeth mm. on on this hobby so to have the i mean again if you'd said to me at that age uh, one day you're going to be making you're going to be making videos that nearly 50,000 people will consume where you're teaching people how to paint Warhammer, I'd have said, what, so I'm going to be on TV? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, if you sell it flogging 50,000 VHS, it's pretty good going. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, it is is such a, Warhammer is such a huge part of my life Mostly because through it, I've discovered what I kind of feel like I was always meant to do. Um, and if I wasn't doing this, or if this went away, if Warhammer went away, I know that what I would need to do is figure out another passion of mine to continue working the way I do. Because I tried, I tried working in an office for somebody. I tried being part of a mega corporation. I tried being part of small corporations and I tried working for uh local businesses. I've tried that. But I am annoying and I have my own very clear path and my own clear thoughts and I'm highly opinionated and I believe that I know what's right all of the time. And in my life in my life there have been very few instances where i have not been right so that's not good for my ego right especially when it comes to working for businesses so when i'm like hey guys we need to digitize all of our learning assets and we need to move learning online because you never know what's going to happen and then everyone got locked indoors for two years and a bunch of people were like we need to do this um and then (laughs) i was just like i don't work in that space anymore bye-bye um you know just those types of things like so I, I'm i terrible to work in a business with because, because I get very passionate, and you guys know how passionate I am about Warhammer. You guys know how passionate I am about the way my channel has to be run, the way content has to be made, the way I like to talk about specific things and this, that, and the other. Mm. That is, I'm in a space where I'm able to do that, and I own that, and it's the buck stops with me, and that's part of it as well. Is that what I've always wanted from my life, from my working life, was the control over what I was doing, but mm. also how I was doing it, and control over the decisions whether they are good or bad. Mm. And yeah, I've yeah, made just some to have bad sort of ownership
2: over that is always a nice space to be in. And it can be scary for some people because then you only have yourself to blame if something goes wrong mm. but there are also lots of people that just, you know aren't necessarily suited to working for people
0: yeah
3: and if you want to make the most of this turn up to our latest uh, of Oh, God, I can't find the bloody
1: word now. Seminar? <laughs> Seminar.
3: <laughs> I was trying to say, I was going for summary, and I was like, that's not going
1: to work. We've already it's we've not... already had me making it sound like getting into uh, the Warhammer is a pyramid scheme. But... <laughs>
3: pyramid
2: scheme, timeshares, all this sort of stuff.
3: <laughs> £299
1: only. Bring a friend, and you get a yeah. discount. You, too, can learn to be a Warhammer Alpha, and stand out among the others. Oh! I don't know why it'd have like a wolf sound, but like I feel like that's the kind of thing those awful, <laughs> awful, awful <laughs> organizations use. Um, but yeah, well, one's we'll we well, many war hipsters coming
3: future, I think. You just have to monetize it and you, you're going to you're <laughs> enjoy your place in, uh, in in professionalizing this hobby forever then, Josh.
1: She's getting, getting very underpants. No, join the Tele Me War hipsters, submit your models, three question marks, profit.
3: You can tell. Yeah, you can tell. He's who works in a bank, can't yeah. <laughs> you? To,
0: just, welcome to, 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 the to em- welcome to the War Hipster employment fair, where you'll be able to meet many <laughs> of me, uh, <laughs> giving you many opportunities to invest in various different coins and online NFTs. Uh, no, but I, you know, I what, mean, what is
3: actually because it is over the like you've just given a really good retrospective of kind of how that's gone for you. What is your biggest video to date? Like, what is your biggest? biggest the one that's had the most views.
0: Almost most interactions or
3: every well, media folk <laughs> tend to think of success.
0: So I can tell you what one of my favourite videos was. My favourite video is Archeon. It's my favourite video I've made. Uh, no questions. However, my most successful video, and it's been a slow burner, it's my first video that's nearly about to get to 100,000 plays, is how to use... Contrast paints properly
3: <laughs> yeah, but that, that is your calling card, right yeah you are the contrast paint man
0: yeah but there's the fascinating thing about about YouTube, right and I'll never understand it properly and that's why anyone who tells you that they've got the secret on how to do it they're lying to you my my, my most popular painting video for years was Mephiston.
3: Yeah.
0: It was also <laughs> the fourth video I made. And no video came close to it for ages, but it has recently been surpassed by any any guesses of all the things that I've done. Any guesses about what's gone past Mephiston? Hmm.
2: I mean, you you would think it would be maybe like a Space Marine, because they're obviously very popular models, or a character of some kind. Yeah,
0: Space Marine is one of them.
1: Is it a Primaris Lieutenant? Nope. The Lion or Gilliman or something?
0: Nope, neither of them. Oh, it's not Desolation Marines, is it? Nope. Thank (laughs) God. (laughs) (laughs) It is Uh... Contrast Plus How to Paint Black Templars.
3: Oh no! There I did, I think. I think there's a reason for that, though, because like I've watched so many Black Templar tutorials to paint Death Company as well. Mm. And anytime you want to do any form of black armor, you just look up Black Templars, right?
0: Yep. The next video that surpassed it—you'll never guess this—is a 40k one. Right. I'll give each uh, of you a guess.
1: Get, can we? Can we get a clue? Can we get a, a broad clue? Yeah, it's a Xenos. Hmm. Oh. It's a Xenos.
0: Mm-hmm. I was going to go with something like Gaunt's Ghosts or whatnot, but they don't really fit. Gasgull? Nope. You're in the right ballpark. Both you and Jamie are in the right ballpark. Oh, it's Orcs. Something Orcs.
1: Um... Ooh.
0: To, the problem is you've done so many of these videos and <laughs> I've thinking
1: about what you've
2: played. So like the Ork Commandos maybe?
0: It's the Ork Commandos. Commandos yeah. oh, okay. That's a good kit. It is bizarre as to why that one is my fourth most popular video of all time, surpassing Mephiston, which held first place for three years. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I can't ages. say, Mephiston
3: was the first time I ever encountered you in fairness. Mephiston was, because that was literally I think I mentioned earlier on, that was the model I came back with almost, or like the time I came back was when they did the Blood Angels box set in Mephiston, and I yeah. definitely went straight in on contrast, could not follow uh, yours or anybody
0: else's guide whatsoever, um, <laughs> and put him on a shelf for about a year until I then painted him properly. Well, I mean, what's mad about that is that was so early in contrast. It only yeah. came out that July, and that yeah. came out on... I put that video live on the 19th of December 2019,
1: I see I'd imagine that your like, stuff like your Black Templars uh, video are popular for the reason that I think you know your tutorials in particular are quite good which is that you don't you open it up and don't just go so we're going to do a easy black Templar uh, scheme here. So step one, you want to get your Tamiya airbrush and black paint number four, four, seven, six, five, which can only be bought from one hobby store in Kentucky. And you just want to run that through your airbrush. You know, do you know what I mean? Like a lot yeah. of them, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm being very mocking there, but like, I remember a lot of painting tutorials I watched when I first got into the hobby were like very much like, here is easy insert model here scheme. And then literally openly will be, so get your airbrush and be like, okay, well, I've just, got into the hobby i don't have an airbrush right what i have is a games workshop medium bloody paintbrush or a starter brush yeah if that and a few pots of paint right so you're telling me to use like vallejo model air is no good to me my friend because i don't know what that is i still then, i
3: mean to be honest i was that green when i came back to it and so so used to what i did in like the 90s that when i um, immediately the first thing that i spoke was like oh you need a palette. It's like. Why is that then? Can you not just lift it straight out of the pot? That's what I did as a kid. Mm, yeah, this yeah. is new. Exactly. <laughs> so immediately, right? Well, I better go and buy a pallet. That's the next thing on the list.
0: Hmm. But, but more so than anything, I think, I, I think I've touched on this before on the podcast. I've definitely talked about this on live on YouTube. Um, I, when I was at university, I did music technology because I was going to go and be a world famous record producer. That's what I wanted to be. Um, And that was from having played, as mentioned earlier on, having played instruments since I was the age of six. So guitar, trumpet, piano, drums, all this kind of thing. All I wanted to do was music. So I was fully into my creative stuff. And as far as what this job is, this is this is the form of world famous record producer it's adjacent to that because i'm i paint for a living and yes you could argue what i do is paint by numbers because i do the uh, i do the box art but <laughs> to me it's it, this is my creative it's, outlet. it's more like if it's
2: paint by numbers, no one's giving you the numbers or the sort of corresponding okay, paints. You have to figure lovely. that out yourself.
0: <laughs> exactly.
2: Um, paint so, by numbers, okay. when people just give you a blank sheet of paper, is not really paint by numbers anymore.
0: Yeah. So, Warhammer for me in my life, it has been so many kind of nebulous things, but at a time, it was a way to express how much of a nerd I was. And to be accepted by a community, nude, without having to pretend that you were into something else, or yeah. having to like hide that from people, it was a way to uh, communicate with strangers. It was a destiny, uh, a destination, for me to uh, enjoy a shared um, interest with other people, and then later it became a distraction from some pretty awful emotional trouble that i was in uh it then became a source of entertainment and finally it became a it became a a means to survive you know i i pay the rent by working really fucking hard on some videos every week <laughs> i mean i've i've done i've done eight this week uh so, yeah yeah oh, there's, there's a, a <laughs> we on.
2: talked this. yeah how there's a lot going on at the moment a lot of new models which is great because the new models are fantastic and look incredible yeah. but yeah it is a lot of work for you
0: yeah and oh, it, man it, this it's, is it's it's it, it it has it has done and it is so much more than what i ever thought it possibly would have been and you know i can go into great detail about favorite models and milestone models and awesome moments and this that and the other but i can tell you one fun thing was when i was uh seven seven years old seven or eight uh, my parents had to go and do some jobs in town uh, and they were boring jobs in town and i had since learned on my previous visit to games workshop they do a beginner's day on a Sunday. Uh, We were going to Gloucester uh, to go and do jobs in town. I didn't want to do that. And I said, can you leave me at Games Workshop at the beginner's day for for kids? Um, And they were like, "Uh, yeah, fine, whatever. Um, Dropped me off there. And I had a day with other kids, similar age, a couple of that were a bit older. Um, We just hung out. Learn about toy soldiers and the uh the manager don't remember his name just looked after us and then we played a little game and he said hey you know what the cool thing about that is it was an orc truck i had do you know what the cool thing about that is and i was like what's that he said you can actually put that guy on the truck and i was like what is that that's the thing you can do and he's like yeah so i put my war boss on the truck and in that situation to seven-year-old me, it blew my fucking mind.
1: That's so nice. Like <laughs> I, 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 this is this is like this is like such this has become such a nostalgic episode. I know it. So wholesome. Yeah.
0: But like, so nice. I mean, nostalgia nostalgia Warhammer the is nostalgia hour and a half when I wasn't here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's yeah. There's there's such like heavy nostalgia with it because, like Jamie was saying before, a lot of us have that same story of you know, playing Warhammer and getting into the hobby when we were kids. And then now, you know, after university and after all this sort of stuff, we've come back to it because we've got a little bit more disposable income. And it's just such this joyful thing that there's such an amazing community that we've found and and friends that we've made.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely, definitely um no well that's oh that's lovely i'm glad you i'm glad you came and joined us because we we as i say we, we we assumed you weren't joining us uh because as you say you have been unbelievably busy uh yes. with 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 the stuff you've been putting out so so we were uh we we were uh we were excusing you for the uh for, the, for this one um but uh but no yeah i think it's it's a good time um to be to be celebrating the 40th anniversary of the hobby we all like um although as i said to the guys at the beginning the interesting thing of course is it's the 40th anniversary technically of warhammer fantasy battles which came out in 1983 um whereas we'll have to do it all again for warhammer 40k because that came out in 1987 originally as rogue trader um oh, so they've,
0: they've blown that out now they'll, that'll happen mid that'll happen mid edition yeah,
1: yeah 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 exactly because exactly.
0: I'm, I'm convinced tomorrow we're gonna get a Big
1: old world announcement. Yeah, we 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 talked about this briefly, and we we a were big, saying, big,
0: fat, sexy old world announcement. <laughs> the, the kind, the kind that The, how kind, you like your that, old world the kind that the Victorians would a like to a, a exposed ankle. Ooh. That that sort of thing. Like, I think I think we're going to get some serious old world action. And if we don't get some serious old world action. I will be live on the internet to express my disappointment.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. People can, people can join you on your channel tomorrow from what time?
0: Uh, one o'clock. But It doesn't matter. Cause this episode won't go out before that.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. I don't <laughs> know why I mentioned that. I'll edit that out. Um, so yeah, no, look, I think, I think it's uh, it's, it's an awesome time to be having, to be sort of thinking about all the reasons we got into the hobby. And it's all very nice, which is good in a in the world we live in, which is full of many troubles at the moment. Um, it's quite a nice thing to be distracted from that for a little while by thinking about playing with our little plastic war, war dollies, um, as I know some people call them, which I think is quite cute and quite funny. Um, plus, it you know winds up people who take it a bit too seriously.
0: Um, but it's so, ridiculous, so... isn't it, that I'm sat here in Cheltenham, you guys are all over there in London. Rich, you hail from even further afield so even if you went back there <laughs> we would still have this connection around the world
2: yeah yeah very much so yeah,
0: and like definitely. and one of the things i love about warhammer is you can you you can immediately have that connection with somebody even if they've not engaged 10 15 years and more often than not those conversations turn into that person messaging you later. Go, sorry, I. Uh, I hope you don't mind, but I was I was chatting to Jen, and she got your number from Alice. Uh, I was just wondering, like, if you could guide me through how to get back into Warhammer.
1: So, so I have a, I have a friend of mine who uh, is currently on his on his honeymoon, actually, and um, who I hope he doesn't mind me saying he he basically he he came in one day as a work colleague. Uh, and obviously, had a friend who uh, came to my office one day and was basically like, uh, "I've been, uh, I've been reading, uh, I've been reading the law, I've been watching law videos on YouTube I- again about Warhammer. You like you Warhammer, don't you? Because he, he knew, yeah, knew I did the podcast, knew I was into it. And uh, out of that, he is now, and I've mentioned it before, but he's now building a Dark Angel's army because uh, that was what he had when he was a kid. So it's definitely a, it's definitely a, like one of us moment, um, which was really nice. Um, so it yeah, it's funny so...
0: though, isn't it? Because you go to a party. And you, you're not the one that brings it up. So other people do, yeah, because you're <laughs> too embarrassed. Yeah. yeah, you, you don't want to be like, uh, so. Um, oh, sorry. And who are you? Oh, hi. Yeah, I'm Josh. Um, any of you guys into into Warhammer? No, no, no. Cool. Never heard of it. Think I'm a weirdo. Cool. That we we have nothing in common. So I'm going to leave now. Now that doesn't happen. <laughs> what happens is you go to the party. You decide to wear that. That you you decide to wear a uh, Blood Angels T-shirt yeah because you know you can get away with it it's just a winged teardrop was... and you go to the thing and it was and somebody would come up to you and go sorry i have to ask that's a that's a space marine thing isn't it and you'd be like yeah why, why yes it is and like, oh are you, are you are you into are you into warhammer and like, oh, well yeah no i i, I love it and like, oh i used to do that when i was when i was a kid what's it like now that person is then the one who's going to ask their wife to ask your girlfriend or partner or whatever to give your phone number to them, and they'll text you a week later saying, I've just bought uh, the Command Edition uh, from Games Workshop. Well, if you could give me a few tips and tricks on uh, what it is I'm supposed to do. You go, absolutely, mate. Head to youtube.com forward slash warhipster because I'm not going to talk to you <laughs> one-to-one because I'm too busy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: i uh i so it's funny you mentioned that i i've <laughs> been at two weddings over the past like year where i've met people and the conversation has come round to oh what sort of things do you like and it's eventually because and literally there's always it's quite funny because my 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 wife more <laughs> testified to the fact that we've been talking to people and then me and you know normally is the other guy just oh what am i yeah yeah i used to yeah man yeah i love space breeze oh you do it now oh cool show sure. you know, end up showing the instagram showing the models We just got, and then my wife will just roll her eyes and go, oh God, just leave them to it. Just leave them to it. Like, you know, which is, it's actually really nice. But I do have, to your point about the t-shirt, that exact thing happened to me. I was Mm -hmm. in a cafe uh, about, this was was probably about a month or so ago, probably longer now, a cafe that's near my, my, where I live and i was wearing a as i am wearing now i'm wearing a games workshop sort of warhammer t-shirt but this was a, this was the one i think the, the special edition they did for the astromilitarum sort of cool it's got like the lion it's got like a sort of lion with a, a a mechanical eye on it and it's got like the wings and stuff and you know it looks like the symbol of the the imperium and uh, i was in a cafe just chatting away to to my wife uh, and we were about we were about to go and then there was a couple like sat on the table just ne- like near us we were sitting outside in the garden and I think we had our dog with us, and I think they they had a little uh, a babe like a toddler that wanted to like pet the dog. And as the toddler was petting the dog, as they were leaving, he, he he went, "Yeah, love it." Similar to the Imperium, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I was like, "We're everywhere, we're everywhere." <laughs> there are literally tens of us. <laughs> was,
0: um, I, one of the things I thought about, and I was like, "No, it's a little bit too culty. It's a little bit too the Stonecutters from uh, the Simpsons." If you, if we all just got signet rings with a <laughs> <laughs> with an imperial eagle or something on it, um, you know mm. that'd be an easy way to recognise each other from a distance.
1: I'm only, I'm only doing that if we get to do the drinking songs, like in the, like in the Stonecutters. 100. <laughs> <laughs> percent um, No, well, look, I do. You know what? I actually think that's a really lovely note to kind of bring this episode to an end on, because. Um, we we can move our we can move our putative review of um, the Spice Marines uh, to the next one. That's not a problem. Um, but we could. But we've had a nice time talking about uh, the last. Well, I mean, the last forty years. And do you know what? Between all of us, we sort of we have covered most of that time span in our various stints in the hobby. Um, and and we think it's just a wonderful thing. And you know what? Look, it gives us an excuse to get together on a regular basis and chat nonsense and gives uh, us a chance well to be to be heard by you people the listeners who for some reason still like listening to us which is uh, something that we always genuinely deeply uh, appreciate um uh, even if we don't mention it perhaps as often as we should and what i would say is if you are listening to this podcast and you have i will put a little poll if you have a thing, if you have a favorite thing from from, from forty from the last 40 years of Warhammer, we'd love to know about it. So I will put, um, if you're a listener on Spotify, you can get like a poll and a question. If you just scroll down on the podcast, you'll see it at the bottom. Um, I'll put something on there um, and we'd love to get some of your feedback. Um, and as always, if there is anything particularly you'd like us to talk about, um, if there's any topics you want to hear us give our you know inevitably it, from the from the, the the reasonable to the completely insane opinions on uh, in the world of Warhammer um, do message us on instagram uh, I am at ADR war it's probably best to catch me there and we've got at 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 war hipster uh, at got King gaming and at sanguinary punk uh, so you can get us all on there um but beyond that I think all that remains really is to wish you all a very happy hobbying and uh, we will see you in the next episode. So you mean a happy Warhammer day? Oh yes, and a happy Warhammer day. Many, many, many happy Warhammerings Come to on, you Adam, all! For fuck's sake, that's the <laughs>
0: that, that's the festive holiday we're all celebrating tomorrow. All right then.
1: Okay. Well, there we go then. So <laughs> I wish you all. I wish you all may may your may your Warhammer day be merry and bright. Bye bye. Bye bye. I had a beautiful day.